This episode of Mod Rules brought to you by Seasonal Allergies. Seasonal Allergies fucking suck. And they suck so hard I can't even talk right. I can't talk good no more. Speak um, correctly. Speak correctly. John, this is joined by always as Danny. I'm Danny. Oh, Thank and you. Dave. Sorry, I don't know. Sure. I didn't know. Sure. You got, uh, Dave got mixed up. He thought he was me for I want to say thank. Thank God for wind guards on microphones because I just opened this beer can right over uh, the, the, the windsock Hell over yeah. the microphone. Mm. That's what it is. It's a beer guard. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's smart. Smart. Welcome to Mobtoberfest. Yeah, Mobtoberfest. <laughs> uh, as we sit in, in my dining room at Marlboro Studio B, um, in ridiculous heat for Alaska. Of it's like 60 degrees, I hope, people. <laughs> hope you people understand the, the pain we are going through right now because we had to close the door, which just allowed it to heat up immediately. Fucking melting we, already. Yeah, and we can still Ugh. hear the planes overhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mob Rules Studio B. Yeah, so under the airport, <laughs> it's about seventy-five in degrees. Seventy-five degrees Fahrenheit right now. Located um, five minutes from your airport for our uh, heathen rest of the world people who don't follow the Fahrenheit scale. Um, think of that as a percentage of that's too fucking hot. Yep. So yeah. it's like seventy-five percent too hot, um, which is quite a lot. It's supposed to get really hot this weekend. Actually, I'm I heard I'm eighty-five super, degrees. I'm super excited that I have to work in an air-conditioned building. While, uh, Danny, sir, you are going to be going into a game room without air conditioning to play against 20 other people. And, yeah, as somebody who is very overweight, <laughs> it'll be even better because I'm wearing an insulating suit of blubber. <laughs> it works really great in the wintertime, but, man, in the summer, when it gets... It never gets this hot, but it'll what, you, be. what you need to do, Danny, is go out and get yourself one of those gold gyms sweatsuits that are uh, plastic vinyl, and put it on. Oh, and smart! Just wear that the whole oh, time. No, so where seals at the wrist, so I can collapse <laughs> during <laughs> the tournament. A sauna suit. By it's, the end yeah. of the day, you're going to be like half your body weight. <laughs> have you ever seen that scene from Austin Powers where Fat Bastard loses a lot of weight really fast? Isn't it in a yeah. sauna he gets stuck in? No, I th- I thought it was because he got a lap band surgery or whatever, a uh, gastric bypass. Yeah, it wasn't cool maybe. back then. I don't know. Maybe maybe back then it wasn't medically necessary. It was just funny. Ugh, gross. Oof, mm. But good times. Um, before we touch on our main topic today, which is getting good, a practical guide, which we're all very excited about. Yeah. Um, Super. We're going to touch a little bit about what we've been up to. Um, if I could speak for Dave, nothing. Um, <laughs> I... Very similarly, um, not a huge amount. Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> after all my Death Guardy things. I've just spent a couple hours watching video for a um, like Lovecraftian detective game, and now I want to play Gene Steeler Cult like really bad. Mm. Um, but I won't because yeah, don't do that. That's too many armies. My if, Tyranids are nicely boxed right listen, now. Listen, if Rickards can't make Tyranids and Gene Steelers win every tournament, then. You definitely will not. And he's to. lost all his skills. He needs to get back in the gym and work yeah. out a little bit, I think. Yeah, flex that dice arm a little more. Yep. A little less memes, a little more rolling. Word. Word. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, I've done that. I continue to listen to Solar War, uh, having great uh, fun with the assault on Uranus. Um, mm. <laughs> 
continues to get more intense as you get the war, uh, the war in Uranus as you go <laughs> as you get deeper in uh, to the Whoa, solar war. Man. Oh, okay. I was suffering a war in my my Uranus last night. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't work if you use they, the word "my" in front of it. Yeah. Dave, Jesus Christ! I, <laughs> Dave's, <laughs> Dave's. I had a war in my penis. Mm. <laughs> uh, what? I don't know. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, aside from that, turn uh, up your hearing aids. Yeah, I, 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 final, I finalized my list for the Midnight Sun GT. Uh, bought my ticket for that, so that's coming up for all of us, July twenty first. Still Hell time to yeah. get uh, plane tickets and get up here. That's get right. on up here. Get your easy first round victory against me, and then kind of move on. Is that really going to happen? Because I thought we were playing each other. I mean, at some point, we probably will. I'm going to guess around five if I'm being really insulting to us both. So, <laughs> so the Red Lantern channel. It's, it's well, maybe it. not after today. It's self-depreciating oh. humor, but there's a reason why we decided to make Danny tell us how to get good today. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I got my tickets for that. I got my list kind of set out. We had a really fun, um, impromptu list idea generation session. Um, at a party we were at on Saturday, which I think you mean our team training session. Oh yeah, it was legit. It was like I, all members of our competitive team drinking in uh, our and, friend's house, and some of their spouses, and some of their spouses. And yeah. then we made Taylor do some some tricks. On first off, we didn't make him do the first one. That was something he just was like, "I got this." Whoop! And we were just like, <laughs> "Well, if you're gonna do stupid human tricks, uh, just to translate, if you don't have video right now, seeing as I'm not making a video uh, by." Dave means he dabbed face first down a homemade kid slide. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what happened. He it, dabbed the whole way I don't know down. if it was homemade, in but it the, was definitely rickety. Let's put it that it, way. It was in the house beside our friend's house. So I think it was <laughs> trespassing. Yeah. Trespassing. Yeah, nah. Cause, cause there's nobody, there's nobody living in the, in the big house. Well, he oh, was, sure. Cause it makes it not a crime. Yeah. What he said <laughs> is that he was dabbing on the house itself. And oh, it's like, Oh, you're empty. Here you go, bitch. Boom. Ownership now. Show you. I've never felt so old and so what the hell is a dab <laughs> as watching a grown man go down a slide the size of him <laughs> while moving his arms in an awkward way. Sometimes. 100% worth it. From when I posted that on the internet, I got a lot of positive response. So yeah, I kind of, you know, when I recorded it, I posted it to our chat and got a lot of positive response. Yeah. So I'm glad you could take it and get even more internet karma. Thanks, thanks for taking the video. Thanks, yeah. Gallo Boob. I wish that we were able to record him on the swing, which if, was the next activity. If I had any forethought, I would not have immediately tried been posting the video when he got on the swing because oh, that that tink will. So, <laughs> so for reference, uh, the swing set was made from uh, from like ratchet straps. Yeah, from a truck. Yeah, that were tied to. <laughs> A, 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 a swing seat, I guess. Yep. Whatever that's called. And uh, Taylor was too big for that particular piece of equipment. It's crazy that a grown man is too big for a child's yeah. playground equipment <laughs> homemade what, from straps. What, what kind of world do we live what in? What kind of world do we live in? What kind of ableist world do we live in where it's not made to sustain right. the weight of a grown man? What can I say? We we work hard and we play hard at our training sessions. We do. That's how yeah. we that's how we get good. And like literally, as I was walking out the door, um, I say to Danny, I'm like, "Hey, Danny." I was like, "I'm gonna run a list. I can fit. I think I said something like 120 nurgling bases in 2,000 points." And I think your <laughs> response was just, "Fuck you." <laughs> no, and he's like, "It's not even good." 
And then I was like, fine, I can fit like 30 Nurgling bases and then 90 Plague Bearers. You're like, fuck you, no. It's better, but Stone Gray's like, I'm going to put more Tarion in there. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's no great. And you're like, wait a second. And then, like, <laughs> you see his, like, little uh, brain working into the demon codex and kind of, like, cross-referencing all the strats. Um, and I accidentally stumbled onto a pretty good combo uh, with Mortari in there. Yeah, I think it could work. If he survives turn one. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, then all my crap's in your deployment's up. Well, yeah. I <laughs> mean, if we play round one, he won't survive turn one. Ooh. Because I'm bringing super repulsors. They're like regular repulsors, but just... But super. Yeah. Super. Yeah. But 500 so points a piece. <laughs> instead of being lame, Are they? they're super I mean, lame. We don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. somewhere yeah. They're going to be somewhere between 285 and 500 is my guess. I saw a really good meme on the repulsors where like it was Gulliman talking to Call, And Gulliman's like, did you finally get me my transport tank? He's like, you said you wanted more guns, right? He's like, no, I wanted a fucking tank that could hold people. He's like, well, I made you this with more guns. <laughs> it's like love me father love me i'm just waiting for him to come up with like a double decker repulsor and that's the transport version it's just two repulsors with less I'm just guns waiting like stacked on top of each for other like a thunderstrike chain sword on the front of it like from oh, imperial night mm. close combat repulsor that's that's <laughs> obviously like the next hovers around in a circle just like a robot. Oh, like robot wars like right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <It just> spins around <laughs> oh good times mm. It Wee. also has the secondary effect of making the Primaris inside dizzy, which they enjoy. Yes. It's very hard. Yeah. Um, but yes, after a little five-minute session, I, I have a list that I can play hungover, slightly drunk, um, without much thought. Um, which is, man, isn't that everyone's goal? That's my 12. Yeah. That's, Just run up and touch stuff. Yeah, it's going to run up and touch somebody. list coming out. Ironically, uh, everyone's going to run up and hug someone apart from the Beast of Nurgle, which is... Uh, very well he's working on a side project yeah he's he's just <laughs> he's working on his master's degree right just working on his math guys i don't have time for this fucking battle right now I don't okay have time to hug look anybody. at this goddamn objective it's beautiful it's <laughs> marking oh, his territory over yes. and over again neat yeah mm-hmm. so super good so that's what dave and i have been up to uh functionally nothing uh apart from taking i, mean, I did buy some paints oh what did you, oh did you get the contrast paints i did buy the contrast oh, paints. Tell, us about tell us about the contrast. contrast well i haven't been able to try and them out you yet said you've done did, nothing you yeah. bought did you, things. did you taste them uh i did not taste them i was waiting for the right opportunity to taste them and it hasn't presented itself because instead of working 40 hours i, I tried to cram 80 hours of work in a 40-hour work week so it's fine you know yeah why would no, you do uh, that um, so our local retailer up here, because we're in Alaska, we can't ever ship spray paint at the same time. Yeah. So I, I wanted can- to, to try them out. Yeah. Um, so when they first came out, I wasn't able to get the spray cans. So I was like, well, just put these in my truck and call it a day, you know, and not worry about it for now. I do now have the spray can, but I haven't had any time to actually spray anything. So I haven't had any reason to actually open the contrast and taste it. Sure. I mean, apart from the fact of tasting it. Yeah, you wanted to sample the flavor. Well, yeah. so I took a Taste bottle of... Taste the fucking rainbow, Dave. Listen, I took a bottle of Ultramarine Your shits blue. are going to be so deeply shaded and highlighted. Oh, man. Yeah, the, they're going to have excellent contrast. I went to a fancy, fancy restaurant. Single coat for each log. Blue and blue. Sat down at the table. Proceeded to try to open it, and they looked at me like I was crazy and threw me out. So, I mean, I just I just feel like contrast needs to be tasted in, um, in a rich setting. You okay. know? Just for everyone listening, Dave, McDonald's is not a fancy restaurant. <laughs> it is to him. And they don't appreciate it and when like you walk up to the And like 90% of our listeners. <laughs> Do you mind if I taste this right here? 
I mean, it's your bottle. Do it, I guess. <clears throat> oh, the other thing that I was working on this week, uh, taking some inspiration from some stuff I saw on Twitter, is I started designing my display board for Vegas. And oh. I have lofty goals for this one here. Oh, do Oof. I need to make a display board? So I mean, my goal for my display board win. is... Mm. I have kind of, so I have the frontline gaming wooden tray, right? So right. My, my goal is it's going to fit in that tray. So, mm-hmm, you know, freezing mm-hmm. could last, so collapsibility. Um, it's going to have kind of drilled out little slots for everyone. So if I'm moving, they don't fall out or shift around and they're easy to keep a track of. Because, um, you know, if you see one space in your board, you know, you're missing like a plague bearer or something like that. So that's my goal. My other goal is it's going to have like a step section. So the the first half is going to be ground level, and then the next half or the back half will be higher up. Um, I'm going to do a billboard on the back half, and on the back of that billboard is going to be like a hidden holder for Mortarian base. So you're going to see him float above there. And then the back half is going to be split in half and and held together with magnets, so it's easy to kind of take apart and magnetize. Um, On one side of that, Back half, I'm going to make a little door on the edge. Oh. And in that door, dice and measuring tape and pencils are going to go. Cool. So, like I said, I'm trying to get everything in one tray here. That's lofty. Pencils. Yeah. Yeah. No, you want a pen, man. No, man. No. So, okay. can I tell you why? No. I have a good reason for well, this. Well, here's the thing, right? Well, when I go to my opponent and I'm so like... So, they don't make fun of you? Did you score uh, Did you score something that turn? Yeah, yeah, you got the subjective and then you circle it. You're like, oh, wait, no. No, you scored nothing. And then you just erase it. While That's why you never mark down your why do you, opponents. Why do you say it like that? Because I mean, where was what the, he's going to do to you? Where was yeah, the vehement nature? I, no, if, if it were me, he'd be like, "No." You scored nothing. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's sort of like what I'm thinking of right now. It's going to be like four pieces that kind of Voltron together. Um, you mark your points, John, with the pen, so that they can't ever take them away from you, even if you didn't actually score them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how it was. I scored be. forty points around one, and what? they're like, "No, you didn't. That's impossible." I'm like, "I'm sorry." Check the fucking scoreboard, it's bitch. Pen. It's right here. It's in pen. Try um, and erase it. I dare you. <laughs> but yeah, so so I have this idea of like the, the billboard John's part. playing David Blaine. He just wipes it. <laughs> no. God damn you, David Blaine. I, I win through illusions. Um, <laughs> but no, so I have like kind of this cool idea of like the billboard for like holding more turn. Because like flyers look cool, but they look weird on their bases and stuff. And like I said, this is all to keep things secure and magnetized down so that like I can see. But the, the billboard is going to be some kind of defaced thing about a, a pure soul is a a clean mind or something like that, but it's going to be like defaced in an ugly way. And then the, the underneath the raised road part, there's going to be like the symbol of Nurgle with three pipes kind of sticking out with like some water falling down. Oh, cool. So this is real subtle stuff like that, but I figured I want to make it look good. I'm kind of going the Dave route at LVO this year that if, even if I don't win, my stuff's going to look great. You know? Yeah. Solid life goals. And then, Oh, thank you. I, I bought a Maybe. chess clock from, oh, yeah, from I did. Amazon. Yeah, I did too. Because I feel I did not. If oh, I'm I'm bringing to app, the table so. 130 <laughs> models, it is bequeathed to me to provide a chess clock so I can get the most of my game time and not have my opponents complain that um, it was my fault. If that makes sense. That's smart. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they can still complain. Well, they can complain, they but can if do I have whatever, they can. yeah, it's this is they, America. They They're complain, free actually. to They're do like, what they want. Look at this motherfucker's list right here. Piece of shit. Yeah. Lucky for them. This list was decent. (laughs) Lucky for them. There's no shooting. There's only advancing and charging. And psychic powers. And well, and psychic powers. And and Mortarian shoots, actually. And Zul. 
Yeah, but it's like what, eighteen inches? Like my yeah, like two thousand points, one gun. <laughs> or he can throw a grenade. So it's it's eighteen. I just eight? yeah, I want to say it's like the whole thing is like buffing Mortarian to be like this. Mortarian gets twelve. Yeah, he's strong, dude. He can throw yeah, a grenade really far. Goddamn Death Guard <laughs> bias again. But it's like yeah, I'm just gonna take this whole thing where the whole whole crux is if Mortarian survives is to turn him into this close combat machine that you can just insta gib things with like two d six damage all over the place. And just have him throw a grenade from afar. <laughs> and just be like, there you go. You're like, why do you do that with him? You're like, honestly, I didn't expect him to survive turn one. So guess he's just going to throw grenades now. You know, he's got a pistol. Oh, I know. But grenade is more offensive. Yeah. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Just Cause 3. Uh, grenades are amazing. Uh, Danny, well, what have you been up to as the, the productive one? Uh... Okay, so <laughs> I uh, I have been building uh, doomsday arcs. Nice. Uh, it takes me about four lunch times worth of model assembly to build one doomsday arc because they are horrible. awesome. And you work for the oh. government, so that's like eight hours that's, of lunch time. Yeah, that's like <laughs> <laughs> it's as much lunch time as I work. I mean. Last week. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, it takes, it takes a while for me to, to put those together. So I built two out of the three that I bought. I think I'm actually just going to stick with two for right now and keep the other one in the box. And if I want to build them later on, I can to get three because eventually I'll probably want to run three, three, uh, I don't know. I feel like you're three doomsday. All the incarnations of your list that I've ever seen could probably just benefit from more troops. Like maybe you should get rid of your, uh, maybe the bikes add some immortals or something. Yeah, we'll see. I think actually what I'm going to do is get rid of my wraiths in my list right now and take more immortals. I think that was the route that I decided to go. I think you should get some uh, flayed ones. Mm, no. So. Uh, <laughs> but Danny, they're so cheap and efficient, both points and dollar wise. So is Dave's mom, but you know what? She is not points efficient, actually. No, no she's cost efficient is what was. She what has I'm a lot about. of extra rules that really bog down the game. <laughs> Slows it down. I had to buy her a chess clock. Can't feed her after midnight. <laughs> she's not a freaking gremlin. She might man. be. You don't know. Anyway. Definitely don't want to get her wet. That's, all, that's, the, that's the important point. <laughs> no water based lubricants. <laughs> Only cooking oil. Uh, uh, I use olive oil. All right. So, what does Popeye that's think natural. about that? <laughs> oh, God, that's so bad. Jesus Christ, dude, that is terrible. You should be ashamed of yourself right now. Can't tell if John's got a migraine because of that, or whether he thought it was I think actually it that funny. I think it's mostly allergies. Just <laughs> walking away out of shame. It's cool that you wear power armor all the time. It's his bionic legs. Um. So while I've been kind of. Building Necrons, I've actually been playing some Chaos. Yeah, you have. I'm throwing out some Disco stuff. So I built... Um, Don Houston's list? No, not, no, no. It's Jeff Robinson's list, more like that one. So it's... Uh, so He's, we had a 25... Jeff Robinson is a freaking hack. You're a hack. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because Jeff Robinson doesn't listen to the show. Yeah, Unlike Don no, sure does, who does and is amazing. I don't know. I don't think Don listens to it. But on the off chance, I would I would put that in there. But regardless. Um, Irregardless, I believe you You're pretty it. terrible if you listen to this show, regardless of who you are in the 40K community. Just going to throw that yeah, out there. You're just a bad person. You're just a bad you're person. You're just as bad as all of us, and we're terrible human beings. By continuing to listen, you encourage us, <laughs> like which a shock is the attack worst. Gun? What's wrong with you? 
Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I played. I've been playing kind of a list like that. So three Lord Discordants that are flawless host, which are by far the I best. Mean, yeah. No. That they and are. Uh, I unless you uh, go back four what four months from now previously. If you go back four months, then they're the worst thing ever. Yeah. Right. When so. they came out, now they're totally <laughs> undercosted, and people are pretty butthurt about it or when one terrible primaris repulsor comes out everyone's like well guess disco lords are dead now <laughs> that remains to be seen um so just, we're running them i kind of bring you using chaos list of midnight sun a really similar uh no i won't uh a really similar uh supreme command so i've got armin uh hey, chaos sorcerer we won't meet is that what you're saying because huh? you won't oh, be I'm not it i mean <laughs> whatever, probably dude. unless not unless it's first round so, uh, okay, enjoy your first round loss. And just, <laughs> oh, are you saying that I'm going to lose first round and then like, I'll be playing you? No. Quit talking to yourself, Dave. I'm definitely not going to lose first round. Uh, yeah. So three Lord Discordance, uh, and then I've been running. Oh, so we had a 2,500 point event that I, that I ran a version of the list. And so I was able to make, Oh, the cookout. Yeah. Yeah. I played in that. Um, and so, which is super fun. Um, so to the casual event, I built, I brought out a super fucking hard list, which was plus five hundred extra points. <laughs> right, right. I thought about just bringing summoning points, and seeing what happened. <laughs> um, Someone, flips but I did I just what happens. But I then just brought an extra there's, there's there's nothing better than being like the asshole of having a five hundred point summoning block and twenty five hundred point army in turn three. Being, eh, I don't think I'm going to summon anything. It's okay. <laughs> it's like that person's like morale just through the fucking floor. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't need to use these summoning yeah. points. I had a pretty rad turn mm-hmm. where I got the uh, Lord Discordant with the Flawless Host Warlord trait, which is three extra attacks for every six plus that it gets to hit instead of just one. And I think I made about forty attacks against a unit of Custodes oh, bikers Jesus and killed Christ. the entire unit oh. in one round, which was amazing. Um, <laughs> huh. I had that on that him. Sounds amazing. And prescience, so he was exploding on fours. I rolled five. I got, oh, and he had diabolic strength, so he had five attacks. Are you sure you used prescience, right? Yep. I'm sure I did, Dave. Yeah. 2,000%. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So I ended up winning that event, which was cool, but it wasn't like an ITC event or anything. It was just for fun. Yeah. Because um, it would have been a dick mood to bring 2,500 points in a 2,000-point ITC <laughs> tournament. That's my style, Dave. Hey, it's only cheating Nobody if you're caught. <laughs> John got it. Yeah, yeah, So. You just got to take like an army no one plays. Right. Yeah, we have a, an ITC tournament this weekend that I'll be playing in. I'll be bringing Necrons because I want to practice my Midnight Sun list. Yeah. So I have to magnetize my Doomsday Arcs this week. That's my plan. And maybe I'll even prime them if I'm feeling spicy. Yeah. We'll see, though. Maybe I'll swing by the shop and record a little taster. Oh. You should. Yeah. A little taste of the yeah. taster? Yeah. Yeah? Before you, get, before you sample the full bouquet? Mm. You'd be like... For loco flavor or contrast color, because they're <laughs> blind they're, taste. They're, they're, they're both going to have the same cup. look. <laughs> we'll get those little cups. Be a, you would have to just do a brush of both. I mean, well, one of them I'll mix together. One of them's going to melt yeah. the model. <laughs> the other is contrast paint. Oh no, no, no! You don't. This is for taste testing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's got to tell the difference between the two. You can drink the little cups of. I don't. I don't know that I want to spend six bucks to shoot oh, contrast paint. I will fucking spend six dollars to I will watch you drink a that. small cup of contrast paint. What time's the tournament start? For a dice up at uh, uh, noon, right? Oh, registration uh, at eleven. Hey, hey guys, you're gonna have to do this closer to the end of the day because I work like right at the start. So <laughs> you got to hold off until I can come. Too. Oh no, I don't see that happening. Well, Dave's not gonna play, so. 
Yeah. They have to do it before the tournament. Because yeah. even if Dave says he's coming, he's not going to come. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, don't um, have, I don't have the models for the list that I want to run. Unlike so. what his wife says. That was a yeah. that was a sex joke about yeah, my wife. Because yeah. Danny said that if he says he's coming, he's not gonna come. <laughs> no, no. You, <laughs> you need some more buttons on that baby's first soundboard over there. No. Because that needed crickets the second time. Baby's fourth time. soundboard. Uh otherwise though, I've been doing a lot of conceptualization of lists and just kind of figuring some stuff out um and trying to decide what path I want to take on next. Um mm-hmm. Necrons have been pretty fun. I don't know if I want to play Necrons like every single event, though. I don't know if that sounds like a super good time. Uh, I also like to win a GT this year, so that'd be cool. <laughs> well, there's only two coming up, so yeah, I've got a yeah. I want to try and win one of them. Getting, that would be really awesome if I won one of them. We're getting close on the Midnight Sun, from what I understand. Yeah, I think we're going to do it. Oh yeah, we'll hit it for sure. So pretty Neat. excited. Just great. Uh, okay, cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're going to talk about uh, getting good. Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings, and the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game systems. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it, from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking. Or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? And we're back. Um, So I was really interested in this because I'm not very good at the game. And Dave... Um, I took inspiration from you because you're not very good at the game. Thank you for. Oh, I thought you. Um, I thought you muted me. Actually, I watched you move a mic, to the, a button down. <laughs> uh, Dave, I took inspiration from you. I. But but something like I don't see a lot, and I haven't heard a lot. I haven't found a lot. Is kind of just like getting good tips. Like a, a lot of the podcasts I listen to, and a lot of the forums I go to, they assume kind of like a base level of knowledge and a, a base sort of skill set, and you kind of build on that there. Like if you're making mm-hmm. a list. Uh, they're just like, why the fuck did you take that guy? Why didn't you take this guy? And you're like, I, I, I don't know. Because I like the model. Because I like him. So, Danny, get us started off. All right. Um, so, this kind Insert of... Insert your PayPal information here <laughs> to continue <laughs> with this Patreon. To join our Patreon oh. and learn all about how to do... Just, you guys can learn all of this <laughs> we, stuff for free. We're just, happy yeah. to just cut it, it right there and end the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also want to, before we start here, announce our $20 no no i'm kidding where danny gets good yeah. with you uh, yeah that doesn't no just with that, your mom that does not mean what you think it means well it might are you saying that like you don't if people know give us 20 dollars a month danny will fuck their mom <laughs> <laughs> i don't know well i mean it's a lot of money danny and it will pay for vegas i i'll just have to clear it with my wife i'm sure she'll be fine i'll just slip like, her a mickey it's for a good cause baby like, think about how much I'm cheaper going vegas, vegas will be yeah <laughs> We like, could go to Hawaii immediately. Afterwards. Don't worry, don't worry. I will. I promise that I won't spend it all on strippers. 
You're like, hey, honey, don't worry. Hello. After the fees, yeah, that's it's like, like fifty dollars level. <laughs> it's fifty dollars level. This this the give get mob Dude, rules I in the strip club. Fifty bucks. All right. So <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow. That's the first tip and trick right there. That's how you get good. Uh, for fifty bucks. Was a oh, oh shit. <laughs> Oh, uh, baby's first soundboard. Mm. Good thing I don't edit this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <good thing. laughs> All right. Uh, so, so what this is is this is kind of going to be a baseline interview or review of some common like things that you can do to become better at the game. Uh, and not like I'm not a technical whiz or anything at at, at 40k, but I do pretty good. Um, and so I'm kind of going to go over some higher level. Uh, like maneuvers and things that you should think about maybe, or not even higher level. I would say just like basic things that you need to think about when you're playing in order to uh, become better at the game and things you need to think about and are keeping in mind and things that you can practice to become better. Mm, 40K 101. Yeah, totally. That's exactly right. Now, don't forget, before you listen to this episode of the podcast of Getting Good with Danny, you need to listen to the Getting Okay with Danny. (laughs) Yeah. And not the sucking ass the with remedial. John. <laughs> That's the remedial level, yeah. John and Dave, sucking ass. Sucking ass with John and Dave. <laughs> Why did you put your guy right up front? I was like, well, I, I feel like I read the novel. He would be in front of all of his troops. <laughs> My character is inspiring all of his troops to do what he wants. I read the books. Dude, ah, they're in the seriously. front line. These, He's these a are, guard commander. These are my hundred custom-made dice with six unique faces on go, each one. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so so, our aim in this is to uh, is to teach you kind of how better to play, like get a better understanding, again, of some basic concepts of the game. And we want to do this because we want, we, like everybody should be able to get better if they want to. And, you know, if this is something that's interesting to you, like, you know, keep listening. Maybe you'll pick up some tips or something like that. A rising tide raises all ships. That's right. And, you know, so if you get better, we get better, which is great. And the game gets better, too. Yeah. So before we get into, like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this down kind of by phase. Um, I'm going to first go over some pregame stuff, then deployment, then the movement phase, uh, shooting phase, charge phase. Um Oh, you know what I didn't think about? I didn't put anything on the psychic phase. We'll cover the psychic phase too, though. Nobody plays with. He's been playing anyway. Necrons too much yeah. recently. Yeah, seriously, right? Just ignore that Just phase. Ignore that, that phase is for fucking chumps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then uh, so shooting phase, charge phase, assault phase, and then I'm going to go over the end of turn phase, which is actually a phase in itself as well. So just some things to keep in mind. So before the game even starts, the pregame, the pregame, okay. The first thing you're going to want to do is make sure that you have all the materials you need to play, right? And this isn't just for like, you know, a ca- like for a casual game, of course, you're going to want this stuff. But for a tournament, you want to make sure you show up with all of the things that you need to play the game. So a measuring tape, a pen. <laughs> not a pencil. Not a pencil. Oh. Uh, if you have widgets for like wound counters or objective markers, that kind of stuff, that's good to have as well. Um, and then, of course, models you chud. Models you chud is your <laughs> legit note right there. All right. So don't free, So make sure what I like to do before I go to a tournament, like the night before I line up my army and uh, I give them a pep talk, you know, like I tell them like, you're going to do good tomorrow. You're pretty enough. You're smart enough. You're strong enough. I might've forgot. I owned you up until this point, but I still <laughs> love you. I found you. Yeah. 
Um, and then just make sure you, wrong, you have everything before you go because I can't count the number of times that I've been lackadaisical about this and showed up to a tournament without a model and I had to like proxy something or rely on the goodwill of strangers yeah. to provide me with a model. I've been like, that. I know before I, I've been like, oh shit, I'm out of chaos spawn. <laughs> and I think I've Oops. ended up using like a demon prince as a chaos spawn or something weird you, like that. You borrowed my patriarch. There you go, as a yeah. patriarch, yeah, because I forgot a model. And if you're in a cool guy community, great. But like, if you show up to some events, like it's relying on the kindness of strangers, which mm, sure. at times does not exist. Well, I was listening to another podcast, and the the guy was talking about how he left his entire unit of Zangors on his painting table before he embarked on a cross country road trip to multiple tournaments. Oh. So, luckily, he had some extra models from other things, right? But. Uh, yeah, he uh, so he had to modify his army list, which wasn't as good. He felt like it hurt his chances, mm. and he says that hopefully maybe he can borrow some models for one of the other tournaments that he's going to. Yeah, that's but, rough and fun. Dude, or yeah, maybe if he had sucks. like a loving partner, could go in like UPS or FedEx the unit down. Yeah, to him, exactly. Yeah. Dude, I, I, mean, that's I may I have legit done that for Ted. Actually, one Adepticon where he forgot uh, oh, some really? stuff he needed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that I ran sucks. over to his house and grabbed it and FedExed it to him as fast Hero. as possible. You're a good friend. Yes. And then again, things like pens. Like if you like pencils. That's, that, I would even right. bring more than one. That, that's that's, yeah, that's my Achilles heel right there. Because like when we play and then we're playing like ITC style missions. Oh, and yeah. like, okay, write down your points. And like, oh, shit. Um, I have a Sharpie, I guess. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I have this charcoal stick. I bring one pen for you every round on of the, the wall. Game. Yeah, that's a good idea. I was yeah. going to say bring more than one pen. I also bring more than one tape measure. And that's come in handy a couple of times where I've either a broken a tape measure or my opponent forgot theirs and I we was able it. to lend You're it powerful. out. You're powerful. You power. broke the tape measure. Jesus. Well, when you use Brag. a tape measure as much as I do, sometimes they wear out, Dave. You probably wouldn't know about that. Yeah, because I don't move my models. I, I bring, no, you don't play I, the game. I bring tank dolls. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so finally, the last material that you're going to need for sure is your dice. And I wanted to kind of go over some dice etiquette, like first of all, right? Like... If you first of all, if you if you have dice and you bring them to the table and you roll them, don't put your dice away like back in a cube or whatever else, unless you you're using that like because you're playing orcs and you roll a cube of dice at a time and that's how you measure your dice. All right, I need like two and a half cubes or whatever. Like that's a, that's an okay way to do it. But ultimately, if you're rolling like four or five dice at a time, just have your dice on the damn table because I've seen that before for sure. Yeah. All right. S- Okay. Yeah. I, no, no, that was a don't pause, don't stop. I was like, all right. No, was no, that, yeah. exactly. no. By the way, when I'm agreeing. going over this stuff, uh, I yeah. want you guys to interject with your opinions. I mean, I'm talking to you guys specifically. Like, not that you're doing this <laughs> stuff, but like. I, I want just people listening to be yelling at their car radios or what? their phones pencils right now. Pencils are the way to go, Danny. Fuck you and your hey, pencils. I will say, though, uh, pre counting dice is something I started doing a few years ago. Absolutely. Because I've found that no matter mm-hmm. what army I gravitate to, I gravitate towards hordes. hordes. I've met um, them before, yes. So, yeah, hordes all over the place. So what I do when I'm playing is I'll generally have 50 to 60 dice, and in front of me, they'll be split up into piles of five. Sure. Um, and then that way, if I know, like, if Danny shoots at my unit, and he's like, you need to make 40 saves, I have eight piles to pick up instead of counting to 40 every yep. time. Yep. And reorganizing those piles is something I can do when when he's moving and doing like other gameplay things. Um, So that, that's what I do in order to keep myself organized and kind of keep a a fast pace while playing a horde is, is kind of having my little piles in front of me. 
Playing, I think that's a really good idea just in general. Yeah. Playing custodes, a lot of my, my guys uh, were six dice models. So for sure. shooting and whatnot. So I, I would do multiples of six instead cool. of five. You know, and that's great because you want it to represent your army and what you're mm-hmm. actually rolling. So sometimes so. five is good, sometimes six, sometimes eight, sometimes and then four. Some, or it's never good. Something else I do with dice, because again, it's all about kind of keeping a good pace and having a good cooperative experience, is say if Dave is shooting his repulsor tank at one of my units, and I know that tank is rolling up 8,000 shots, and it's hitting on a 3+, plus, I want to start pulling aside 5,000 dice. And kind of just yep. start yep. trying to think about, okay, so, how many is going to hit, how many is going to wound, and kind of start from there. I absolutely do that. And I what I do is I start with what I think is going to be the mathematical average of what of how many wounds they're going to do to me. And I pick up that many dice and either take them out or <laughs> I either take them out or I put more in as they're telling me how many wounds. Like I'm as they're counting the number of wounds, I'm counting dice to put in my hand. Yep. And that speeds things up quite a bit. So the other thing... Sorry, go ahead. So that's all pregame we're talking about? I mean, because the dice Well, this dice is stuff like is during, during the game, game, but it's important to have your dice, but also to like, these are things that you can be thinking about. Like before the game starts, I would organize your dice into sets of five. Yep. All right. I just wanted to make sure because, it, you know, there's you haven't touched on something important yet. I want, And I thought maybe uh, I missed and it was something that took place during the regular game. But what phase does the 11 loco take uh, take place in? Mm. That is the pre-gaming uh, phase, the pre-event phase. Yeah. Okay, so or, like, so like the night before when phase. you're giving your your pep talk to your or models. Both. Yeah, sometimes I'm yeah. drunk. Yeah, wouldn't you be to have to sit and talk to a and plastic? If, and if, yeah, and if he and if they give me lip, sometimes I spit. Sometimes I spit alcohol on him. Like yeah. I don't know. I'm not averse to that. You know, Mortarian looked at me nastily today, and all of a sudden I'm like, man, maybe I'm going to take some plate burst crawlers instead. How the fuck do you like that? Yeah, huh? I think that was just a Benadryl. And you can't, f- yeah. you can't like fart on Mortarian either, like as to show him who's boss, because he's just going to like that. No. So, yeah. who are you farting on to show who's boss? You have a weird marriage. Here. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's why he's not dominance. the boss. <laughs> right. Well, that's that is absolutely part of it. So he's implying <laughs> that his wife farts on him <laughs> to show who's boss. <laughs> Uh, uh, or my oh. dog, but hey, so you have something else here under dice, um, yeah, so, which is contentious because I have very strong feelings one way about it. All right, so dice. Are you for it? I'm against them. Well, you're oh, a pussy. Really? How come? Um, so this just comes, and it's maybe like a miseducation thing, but I come from a generation that grew up playing either Halo split screen where you're peeking over and looking at someone else's screen, or then Halo multiplayer where you get hacks and cheats. And things like that. I feel technology is too easily manipulated to make it um, a reliable thing to do every time. Like for me, I need to be able to tactilely see it and do it. If it's an app, you know, on someone else's thousand dollar piece of property, it reduces my chances to examine and confirm that it's like a real thing and not some shitty weird Android app that someone made look like the GW app. Oh, okay. Well, so I would probably only use... Games Workshop, the Assault Dice app. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he's saying if somebody cloned, someone, someone cloned, cloned it or hacked it, it or something like that. Well, after if after somebody the is doing awesome that, like then. the amount of effort that it takes to make a modification to that, especially since it's not like a, it's not a random number generator. It's a like a physics based dice engine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're not going to know anyway. There's a lot less effort to cook dice than to do that. Fair, but I just I don't like computers. 
as okay. I talk into my microphone and look into my board <laughs> and phone. Which is a computer. Yeah. Which is, um, and there's also a computer. I'm not a fan of the Dice app on phones. I know phones have gotten a lot bigger, but it's too hard for me to see on the phone. For And not because I'm an old man who am blind. It's just... Um, I mean, that's part if, of if it. If they but. know what they're doing, then uh, you can... Uh, <laughs> You know, they can hit buttons faster than I can see it on a phone. I'd, oh, uh, when we were in Vegas, one of the games we played uh, was against somebody that was using it on an iPad. Uh huh. On an iPad, it's great. Okay. Like, you know, put it down, everything was huge. You could see exactly. We were old men, and I can't see 100 dice rolled at once well, on a little phone screen. Or you, but I mean, you can't see 100 dice that are rolled in front of you either. Like, I mean, there's too many to count. Like, people are going to pick stuff up or move stuff you. faster. Rain yeah. Man over here counts really fucking fast. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Okay. But regardless, I think it's important that that kind of stuff is allowed. And what you need to look at is the numbers at top, up top. Because there's because if you want to finish a game in the set in the set amount of time, I don't think it's I don't I think it's perfectly reasonable for somebody to oh, use an official application. To I'm do saying that. I, I'm not saying I'm against it. I sure. just I would prefer to if somebody is going to use it, they were using it on an iPad rather than or you know a Samsung okay. Galaxy Tab or whatever. The, so the point I was going to make about this, Dave, is Go that I think that if you're going to use something like this, you need to practice it. You can't like come to a tournament and use it for the first time. Yeah. Like you need to practice using it and make sure that you're fast enough that it's actually saving time. Yeah, and then my concern as well with this not goes to like if you have everything on your iPad, right? So you have your dice roller app and your codex and your army book and everything's on this one iPad. So you're going to spend time switching between iPads. And then what happens if your battery starts running low and you're and you have to start rolling table. dice yeah. manually. So I'm just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tactile game in my opinion. And I know di- dice rollers are popular and I, I get your points on what you're saying. Um, I'm just a bitter old man. Mm. Okay. So <laughs> moving on. Um, the next thing you need to do before you even step up to the game is understand what the missions are. Now it doesn't, it doesn't matter what system you're using for a tournament or an event or a, uh, just like a pickup game. You have to know like what the style of missions are and what they require of you before you step up to the table. So make sure that you have read and understand what the missions are. Like do some research, like go out there, look at it, think about them because that's important. Um, and then, uh, like understand like what constitutes scoring. So when you look at a mission, what you need to what you need really need to look at is all right, how am I going to win the game? Like what do I need to do to win? So you know, do I need to sit on this objective? Do I need to sit on that objective? Like do I need to control my own territory? Do I need to be aggressive? And like be that can be aggressive. A, sure. And and that can be something that's kind of like an overarching theme for a tournament or for like a set of missions like okay, well, these missions kind of favor an army that's going to, like, hang out in my deployment zone, and I don't have to move around much. I can just take objectives in the center of the board. I don't ever really have to go over to my opponent's side. Then you're going to want to play something that's a little bit more shooty. Whereas, like... Hey, that's what I do. Yeah. I think a great example of this is when Dave played on Warhammer TV. Um, he was playing against a, a Sturmilitarum army. And if you looked just kind of top-down without understanding the mission, you would have thought, Dave, oh, you've lost turn two. Right? But you started playing right. towards the mission. You mean the turn that the Bane Blade decided to run over a bunch of crap and killing it magically? Right. <laughs> and the stream commentary was hilarious because they were just shitting on you because they didn't read the mission. <laughs> As Dave's like subtly moving some stuff around and then kind of playing to the objective rather than playing to wipe. So, yeah, that's important. Yeah. 
especially if you don't want to look bad on Warhammer TV. So, yeah, for sure. Thank God there's no face cams. <laughs> um, and so... Because, you know, looking looking bad on TV. It's a joke about your face. I see. I get I get you. I, I, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Germ. Germ. Oh, man. Sound effects by yeah, Dave today. That's yeah. the best I got because yeah. somebody's only got eight I buttons. only have eight buttons. Such such a, yeah, crappy board. <laughs> so the other thing you want to pay attention to, like, with the mission structure is, like, what you're going to, this can also potentially influence what kind of stuff you need to bring to the game. So for, like, ETC format, you need to bring Maelstrom cards, for instance. Oh, yeah. So that increases your pregame kind of what do I need to take with me kind of deal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, like, I think for them, too, they have a weird rule where you can, like, remove six cards from your deck as well. Huh. <gasps> So, like, to kind of customize your deck a little bit? Yeah, so you're not pulling, like, you know, shoot down a flyer and the person doesn't have any flyers or something like that, right? Right, right. Well, on the ETC, everybody's got flyers. They're all they're all Eldar glass movers over there. Well, or if it was one, like, you know, <laughs> successfully cast a psychic power. And oh, you're I like, have no psychics. You're a Tau army, like, great, okay. Thanks for that, guy. Um, so, uh, think really hard. <laughs> and then one blue skin dude like oh, I need this objective. I'm trying so hard to score a victory point for you. <laughs> like, did, like, like, did you do a power? No, but they respect me now. <laughs> no, they did. <laughs> um, and then they're like, I want to kind of make a note about ITC because that is very different than any of the other kind of formats, except for like some of the other US formats. So it's kind of similar to Nova. It's kind of similar to Renegade. It's kind of similar to ATC. Yeah, and it's just sort of they are the runners of the largest tournament in the world um, right now. So it's kind of it's a, it's a good format to know. Yeah, for sure. And so part of ITC is making sure every single turn you're killing a unit, you're holding an objective, and then you're scoring your secondaries, which are there's a whole plethora of them. Right. And so you can kind of design your army around trying to score those objectives and, uh, and, uh, minimizing what your opponent can score on you. Although I think minimizing what your opponent can score on you is kind of a trap. It makes you build your list worse. So I think with the championship missions, it doesn't mm-hmm. do good. Like I think the last go around of ITC missions it worked way better in. Sure. Um, but they've kind of developed and matured to a point where they, it's not, it's a detriment now to do that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, uh, onto that point, like the list I built for the ITC tournament uh, we came up with this kind of great fun gimmick of just, you know, hey, I want to autopilot it. But, like, kind of sitting looking at it and then comparing it to the missions that we have there, like, I noticed, like, a gap where I could just kind of have a Beast of Nurgle, like, sit in backfield for 40 points, hold an objective every turn, sure. possibly be, like, an engineer for a secondary, but kind of taking that into account um, as part of the overall game plan and not just, hey, this is an annoying list. 100%. I yeah. prefer just to build annoying lists. I actually... When it comes down to list generation, one of the things you said to me at one point in time was, how do you win with this list? When I put up a list that I really liked, and I was like, ah, I don't know. Uh, I've stopped building a list to try to think about secondaries, actually, either positive or negative. In fact, I just, I, I tried to build a list for primaries, knowing what the primaries are and being able to, you know, get them. And and so if I have to uh, hold my, my objective and my opponent's objective, you know, I've, I've built a list that will give me the opportunity to be in their back line causing problems and taking their their objective as well sure. in order to, to, to win with the primary. Yeah. Um, barring that, I always build towards uh, the ITC mission uh, old school. 
okay. which is just all of the basic stuff. And by that, I mean, it's the only one that I ever really take that the rest of them are kind of like a coin flip half the time I hate, for me. I hate taking that one. Mm-hmm. I know you do. I never, I never max it out ever. I almost, I, think I almost always max it out every single time. I, I don't, I don't take it cause I never get, I feel like I never get first blood. Yeah. And it's that uh, um, four, you get four points in the mission. Uh, first one is first blood killing unit in your first turn. Um, Slaying the Warlord, Linebreaker, and Last Strike, which is killing unit in the last turn. Mm-hmm. Um, first Blood is getting super tricky to get. Um, it's, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess. For me, it doesn't ever seem like it is. <laughs> you, you get to a point, though, if you're staring across the table and you see, like, a Castellan, and then you have, like, a little easily killable unit, do you focus your fire on the Castellan, like, so it can't devastate your army, or do you get one ITC point? Yes. See, yeah, that, I would say you kill the unit. Yeah, I mean, like for me, yeah, it's a, it just it adds to target. If he's got a shitty little five man unit, I've got the right kind of fire for that. In fact, I would say you always want to kill the five man unit first before you do anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this is why you're getting good, <laughs> <laughs> because then that assures your kill, right? <clears throat> like yeah. if you have the opportunity yeah. to get something like that, and don't leave it at one fucking model because some asshole like Daniel. Pop to CP and keep I'll it just alive. Auto pass, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I give zero fucks about that. All right, so <laughs> garbage human being, <laughs> sir. Um, so the next thing I want to go over is kind of armyless construction. Now, like I'm an okay armyless builder, so take what I say with a grain of salt, kind of. Um, but like, understand the format that you're playing and what's going to be good in that particular format. So, like again, read the mission structure, understand what you're doing, kind of have a good idea of what you need to bring in order to succeed. What are you going to do to win? That's the first question that you need to ask yourself about your army. Then build a list. It may not be the best list, but as long as it answers that question and you're able to kind of combat some very basic threats, so kind of like, can you fight aircraft? Can you fight horde infantry? Can you fight this stuff? You have to have answers to all those questions before you can say... Like, without a doubt, I can win. It's almost like you're making a mini essay of if I come up against this, I will do this. You know, right. if I come up against this, I will do this. And kind of putting that game plan in your head right away. And sometimes, like, you will come up against something that you hadn't thought of or something that just is a hard counter to what you bring. Like, you can't be good against everything, but you can be good against most things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, nothing but storm shields against custodes? Womp womp. Oh man, know. invulnerable okay. save versus invulnerable save. <laughs> yes. In, invulnerable save versus big tank guns and not a lot of ultra fire. <laughs> yes, it's mm. fair enough. Just got to saturate with wounds and then in that case. Yep. So, so build a list and then review it with your peers and hopefully not just your peers, but somebody who's better than you. Like that's important. Yeah, I so, mean, I'd say that's fair. Like, uh, cause you know, like, um, I'm sorry, Dave was was signaling some fantastically. Yeah, um, but his like sign that, language really needs some work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you could see it, it was exquisite. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, like if you have this great list and you're super hyped about it, and you go to your buddy and you're like, "Hey, check out this great list. It's amazing," and your friend's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's super good. It's great. I'm gonna go get my Inquisition army and we'll play against each other." You know. Um, but if you <laughs> take it to someone and like you looking for real critical feedback on, okay, hey, how's it gonna do that? Because sure. You're blindly, I mean, I get blinded super easily by the model, right? And it's just like, hey, I have to include this model in my army. And I think, I mean, I take my list a lot to you, Danny, for kind of like sure. refinement. And it's a lot of times you're like, why are you taking this guy? I'm like, oh, I really like the model. You're like, oh, okay, cool. 
but you can make it work like oh yeah for sure but i'm just like yeah yeah so but you have to have a plan a game plan for that model ahead of time fantastic yeah um and then once you do that play your list Play it a bunch of times. I have here, play your list 20 times before a big event. So once you've kind of settled on a list that you want, you need to play it over and over again and play the same list exactly like the same way. And because if you don't do that and you make modifications to your list every single time, you're getting, you're first of all, you're not getting real practice with your list. You're getting practice with like a generic concept. Yeah. And you really need to work on getting to a level where you have mastery of your list inside and out. So even if your list sucks, like you've played it like 10 times, you're like, well, this shit sucks. Like I don't want to take this particular unit. Keep playing that list and maybe you'll find a use for that unit that you're like, okay, maybe I do actually like this unit or, or, or you'll, or at the end of it, you'll finally be like, this just isn't good. But even then like a, someone with a bad list, but who knows how to use its parts is going to be better than someone with a good list that doesn't know how it Absolutely. works. Absolutely. That is very, very, very true. It's the story of my life. And actually. I think that's like why a lot of negativity comes to net listing, right? So like you go online, you find a super powerful list or you just play which one, what won the recent GT you're disregarding like, hundreds of hours of play time it took to be able to run that oh right. yeah of yeah. course like a lot of these guys will play four or five times a week like that's yeah. probably out of my realm of possibility well i mean i could do it i just don't want to i've got other stuff going on but like you could and you should <laughs> yeah. be but doing you, that you stuff leaves you should definitely be doing it hmm. well i mean you should play you should play your list a bunch of times is what i'm saying like mm-hmm. maybe not five times a week like not run a hundred games before a tournament because that's what these right. really good guys are doing um, but just keep that in mind. Um, and then you have pregame stratagems. So before the game starts, like you can spend some CP on some various different things. And now these used to be sort of codex specific, like some codexes had them. Um, but now there's uh, like a universal one that can be used. Oh, it's so nice. Sure. Like you've got uh, prepared positions, for instance, is mm-hmm. one that everybody can use. And that's two CP. And that gives your entire army cover on the first turn if you're going second. Or as long as you're not a, an aircraft or a knight. Yeah, it's a Lord of War. Yeah. So, well, it's, it's not just it's not just Lord of War. Or it's, maybe it's, it's Titanic. It's, yeah, I was going to say it's Titanic. because I was going to get really sad about Mortarian for a oh, second. Oh, yeah. Again. I'm pretty sure it affects Mortarian. <laughs> My bad. You're right. Yeah, I think it's, well, it's not aircraft. It's flyer battlefield role. Is it flyer? Yeah. Because some aircraft don't have the flyer battlefield role. Because they're Lords of War. Chunderhawk. Yeah, or the stupid Orion from Studies. Genderhawk fun chips. Um, Also, you can spend ones to get like extra relics before the game starts and things like that. And depending on the type of event that you're attending, you may have to write this in your army list. You may not. Um, But usually you have to at least write the relic that you, the free relic that you get. And if you want to spend extra points to add extra relics. And while having extra relics is really nice, just really think about like, is it better for me to have these CP in my pool or is it better for me to take these relics? Like, like what is actually going to provide me with the mm-hmm. best in-game benefit? Because for that two CP you're spending Honestly, for extra relics, you could three, yeah, auto pass a uh, a morale test, sure, or fight again with or fight again, like, or bring or, back an entire yeah. unit of thirty boys. So yeah, exactly. My number one thing that uh, I'm not good at is remembering to use stratagems, and I, I fully admit oh. that I, I tend to play a game without using any of the fancy stratagems um like the 
I do this and these guys do this or fight again with orcs, as you said, hmm. or, or okay. uh, stooping dive with the custodes. Like I don't, I don't remember them. That is my, that is my biggest weakness in, in this game is, is remembering those uh, non army specific or army specific stratagems as opposed to just look at me. I reroll, pass a, pass a morale, fight first, you know, the ones that are generic to everybody. And that's, that's an area that I would, I need to get better at. But when I was playing just my Primaris only list, I didn't have, I didn't have to worry about it because most of the stratagems just didn't apply to what I was playing at the time. Interesting. Okay. So, you know, that's, that's why I was able to build and play a list that didn't require me to remember that I need to, um, iron hands, uh, armor of contempt on a vehicle, you know, but I mean, but counter, you, know, you know what I'm saying. But you should, yeah. Counterpoint the point to this: is, is I could I could <laughs> still win games without doing that because I built a um, for me I built a list that didn't require me to remember that, if that makes sense. Counter and, counterpoint to that: like uh, since I've started getting good, um, is before that's twenty minutes ago. I know it's 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 amazing, <laughs> and I've been reading this whole time. Mm-hmm. No, um, but before I even begin constructing an army list, I read the stratagems because I want to yeah. see. Hey, this is really cool. How can I use this effectively? Um, so by basing it off of, because before Dave, I was like you. I didn't see the point of them. There's like three extra pages of shit to learn and another like resource mechanic to learn. And everyone has a billion CP and they'll just steal mine if I use it. So what's the goddamn point? Um, but these are like an integral part of the game now, and these are kind of extra rules that you can give your units uh, that that give them the benefits. I would say that. I win at least 50% of the games that I play on the back of my stratagems. Probably. They make my army work. If I couldn't use them, then the units that I choose would be totally different. Like, I wouldn't run the same units that I do. 50% of the time, it works 100% of the time. <laughs> but, like, but seriously, like, no, I just... I, I, uh, I'm saying, what I'm saying is I need to get better at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What I, For but sure. As opposed to just continuing to build lists that allow me to have a 75% win record without having to actually use the stratagems itself. Mind you, that list probably is dramatically changed at this point given... Uh, sure. So many other stuff has come out, like Lord Discordance. Also, do you notice he used percentages instead of saying he played four games in the last two years? <laughs> <laughs> He's played more than that. Yeah. He's played at least six games. That's good. I was going to say, I've played at least 12 games in the last... Oh, good for you, man. That's great. When when, when was our last Urza? Oh, Dave. Uh, September. Yeah. Yeah. So one, two, three, four, five. That's like actually, I'm, I'm in like thirty games since September. Thirty games. Are we including mm-hmm. Uno in this? <laughs> no, only forty k. Okay. Okay. Right. Cool. Good. Dave. Now before that, though, it was like zero. So. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of kind of what I wanted to go over pregame. So I wanted to talk about the next section. I wanted to talk about was deployment, and this is something that I'm always working on because like I don't necessarily think about this stuff. I just set my army up in the formation that I feel like it should be to maximize benefits from the things that I get. Bretonian so, lance, sure, or like auras or that kind of stuff. Um, but I've tried to be a lot more cagey about it, and I pre-measure everything now. So like I think that's gotten. I think I've gotten a lot better about that, where I'm able to determine. Okay, well, this stuff is gonna like I'm gonna have to take. They're gonna have to take hits, like, and that's fine. Um, because they're in range of my enemy's weapons. And so, when, sorry, let me go back. Let's talk about what th- what threat range means. So threat range is the... Dave's arm span. 
No, that's not a threat. So, uh, <laughs> his hugs are lethal. <laughs> You're the death guard guy. Come on. <laughs> so threat range is the range of, of your opponent's weapons combined potentially with their movement potential. Right. Or like their charge range plus their movement. Like that's also a threat range as well. Plus rolling box cars. So sure. Sure. So measuring out what your opponent's threat range is and then making sure that you're outside of their threat range, regardless of what actually happens, if they seize the initiative or whatever else, is a hugely important thing. And that's a hugely important thing that really good players do. They measure everything. and They measure twice just to make sure they're not in range. So, like, for instance, if you were playing in uh, a mission with table quarters, for instance, and you were, like, 18 inches away from your opponent and he brought, like, 20 wolfen. And, like, they can move seven inches plus a D6, so they could roll a six. Mm -hmm. So they can Mm -hmm. move 13 inches. Mm -hmm. And then they could charge in addition to that. So they could potentially have a threat range of 25 inches for Mm -hmm. the Mm 12-inch range charge, Mm -hmm. right? So that means that you should pull your units 25 inches back from that unit. Or if you had, like, let's say, repulsors, and they had a minus two inches to charge, you could deploy them 23 inches away and still be perfectly safe from all of your opponent's attacks and potential assault ability. Oh. So you really only are deploying like four inches back from the deployment line. Okay. Um, and then that way you'd be totally safe from their charge on the first turn. Right. Even if they seize the initiative. So, Oh, it just, I forgot that I had the minus two. Day. <laughs> and this situation wondered, is exactly what happened to Dave oh, at the States tournament. So I wonder why your head hit the microphone so what are you hard. Talking about? Oh, did you forget about graphic backwash? I totally forgot about graphic backwash. Sorry, man. It, it was my, it was my, actually my legit first time ever running those tanks. So I oh yeah, a that's a super them. important role. Yeah. But it's probably a it, hundred of the points. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's, it's, it's a lot. That's a 50 point ability mm. for sure. I was feeding him points. So he'd had to face you in round two. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I actually appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, but like, Pre-measure everything. Make sure that you're outside of your opponent's threat range. Make sure that your their their tank can't move up and then also shoot you. And if it can, it, don't deploy within range of the weapon so that it can stand still and do it. Give them the minus one to move and shoot you. Like make sure that you are understanding what the risks are and what you're taking if you're not going first and you're going to take that alpha strike in 40k, which is potentially the most devastating part of the game. In addition to that. Hide your models. Like, you can hide them behind terrain. You can hide them, uh, you know, in terrain, so at least they're getting cover. Um, So, like, if you have to deploy in threat range, make it hard for your opponent to kill your models as hard as possible. In addition to that, deploy your models so you're maximizing the abilities that you have. So, uh, one thing that you want to do is make sure you're in, like, the auras for your characters and stuff like that. So, as many of your units can benefit from the auras that you're taking as possible. Okay. Um, and, the, and the last thing I want to talk about is model security. Understand what your opponent's models can do to yours before you start. So, like, if you have a screen of plague bearers, for instance, in front of all of your characters, and your opponent has enough firepower that they can totally clear an entire squad of plague bearers before you go, and then be able to shoot your characters, like, when they have no protection, be aware of that. Or, one thing that I commonly see is people underestimating how fast flyers are because flyers move across the board and they can, they will be in your deployment zone on turn one. Mm-hmm. That's just a thing that happens. So don't like put a line of models in front of your in front of your characters, but put nothing behind your characters 
so that somebody can fly a plane over your army and shoot behind them and kill your character on the first turn. Because I see that all the time. That's something I did against uh, Nate when I was playing his Space Wolves. I had my Eldar. Um, he deployed in a way, and turn one, I flew two Hemlocks up the board right beside his Warlord and just wiped him off the table. Yep, because, absolutely. Because like, he left two planes to the point where I thought it was a trap. But I'm like, eh, all right, trade a plane for a Warlord kill. Um, but it's just like, oh, that's right. Planes move 60 inches a turn. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, always plan on going second. Um, like, even if you, so even if you get the plus one to go first, you're still only getting like a 60% chance or so of actually going first. Right. So just keep that in mind. So make your plan A, make your plan B. Yep, absolutely. Have a plan. Stick to it. All right, so the next phase is movement. Thank you. That is a great sound effect. Yeah, Yeah. nice work, man. (laughs) Turn it down before you can reach over. All right, so so one thing you want to do... Oh, by the way, did you guys have anything you wanted to say during the deployment phase thing, or did I cover it? I mean, you covered it. I mean, the the thing I remember um, just from when I play is auras being hugely important. And stating intent. So the way I played my craft world, uh, craft world Eldar was about 50, 60 dire Avengers um, with kind of a Nazarman, um, Autark, Farseer blob in the center there. And just making sure everything was within six inches of my, my command blob in the center. Sure. So like kind of double checking. And then the other thing comes with that because you're placing units for a lot of missions, kind of um, like I place one, you place one, making sure you leave enough space to put the things you want to put down. Absolutely. Because I have run into times before where I've placed everything, but I'm like, kind of like, oh, I'm going to leave my warlord till last because, like, I want to see what he's going to do with the snipers or whatever, right? Right. And then I go to put him down. He doesn't fucking fit anymore. And you're like, so cool. One thing that I do, and this is kind of this is kind of a trick that I do, is I like to put my characters down first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. And so, because that kind of makes my opponent think, all right, well... I think his I think his models are going to go around those guys probably. Um, so what am I going to do? And then I can place the models to make sure that they benefit from all the ores that my characters have, which is important. Like especially I've been playing a lot of Necrons lately, right? And the Necron character auras are super important. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I really try and benefit from those as much as possible, especially the Crypt Tech. So the Crypt Tech is super important for my army. Yeah. Um, Dave, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, 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 that, that one's golden. Awesome. Move right. on to movement. Oh, good transition, John. I wish I kept the applause button on here. <laughs> so the first thing I want to talk about is important models in the movement phase. So move the important models first. So like we talked about your characters and their auras and stuff like that. If you have the opportunity, and it's important to think about this during deployment, where you're going to move on the first turn, right? So moving your characters that have these auras first so you can see where they end up, especially if they're going to do something like advance, mm-hmm. so that you can maintain that aura is super important. So if you can do that, do that. If you can't, because you can't obviously move through your own models, um, then, I mean, it's not a necessity, but it definitely helps to figure out where you're going to go. Like going back to my craft world Eldar thing, there was a time where I advanced um, the Dire Avengers first, and then I go to advance Azerman, and I get like a one, and all of a sudden right. he's just in the middle of the table, out of range of like 30 dire avengers so they lose their invulnerable they lose like the everything great game actually (laughs) (sighs) so one thing you can do to curtail that like if you do have to move the unit first 
is you can pre-measure. Again, pre-measuring is your friend. You want to make sure you do and this as much as possible. Regardless of right. what anybody tells you. Um, measure back and string Dave. models back. So you have a unit coherency of two inches per model, right? Right. And well, models are at least on a base of one inch. So that means you can get three inches off of one model. So if you if you go backwards two models, that's six whole inches that you get for free. And everybody likes six inches. Yes. John gets three inches off a model every time. <laughs> is that, uh, wait, the model's I mean, giving only, me three inches? It's only three inches because his dick is tiny. I see. Yeah. Okay. But, but if they're giving it to me, then I'm taking... I'm confused. Either way, it's still only three inches, you tiny dick bastard. Subtlety <laughs> <laughs> um, gone. You have a tiny wiener and you're a dick. <laughs> Man, things are getting testy over here. All right. So <laughs> so that's it for movement. Yeah. Uh, no. So again, in, during the movement phase, keep in mind those threat ranges. Know what you're moving into. Like, are you moving into threat range? Are you right. moving out of threat range? Can you move out of threat range? Can you move out of line of sight? Can you move into, you know, a particular area that's beneficial or into uh, like a, uh, into a, you know, a, a cover or, uh, yeah. So, or you can use it to bait your opponent out. Is your opponent going to have to move into range to shoot that thing? Will they then be in range in your threat range to be able to do that? Super, yeah. super critical, super important. Those, that's a really great skill to learn. Yeah, I'm super excited to get the two, uh, the new uh, Repulsor, Excelsior, uh, Annihilator, Accutioner, um, and and give it a try out because I, I want to test out some of the stuff that it can do, most of which is be beneficial if it's not moving. So setting up super far back and making or moving it slowly, you, right? Yeah, or moving slowly, you know, going going less than half. So sure. But if you're doing it with, in such a way that you want to keep your auras with you anyway, a tank that normally moves 14. Um, you know, very quickly outpaces a dude that moves six sure. uh, plus one for advancing because that's what I always roll. So, you know, it's just one of those things that keeps them all together tight and still get all your, your auras. Yeah, you got to keep it tight. Man, those guys are definitely going to want auras, I can already tell. The old Dave mm-hmm. advance. Seven inches. <laughs> he just says it's seven. That, that's important. Now we like to go into measuring accurately. That's the next section I want to talk about. Oh, you have a point right here that someone tried to pull on me, and I'm usually a really nice person playing a game, but I sure. knock that shit out right away. So make sure you're not measuring front to back on your models. Um, and if your opponent is doing that, it's okay to say something to, to them. F- you never want to go front to back. So I was playing <laughs> in a tournament, um, and I was playing against someone who had a very assault-orientated army. And he's like, oh, I just, I, this is how I move them. I measure front to back. And I'm like, no, you don't. I don't. I don't. Not in this game. Not, I, not in this I game, I'm, you don't. I'm not understanding front to back. So, so okay. Yeah. So you measure from the front of the model, right? Right. So you measure six inches. So this is the front. And then you put the back of the base six inches away. So oh, it no. gets an extra base length. Oh, no. So and you so get an extra inch of movement. That's at, cool. at least. As this is, this was sixth edition or seventh edition. And it was against Corn Demon Kin. Right. I'm like, no. What well, when he's like, well, it doesn't matter because when I assault, I do this, which removes it. I'm like, cool, but the three turns of movement you had before then um, <laughs> kind added of counteract on. that, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I don't see it. I was like, okay, well, I'm just saying. I was like, I would prefer if you measured front to front or back to back, and not in the turn. again. Don't be, you're not being an asshole about it. No, you're, you're just, actually just asking them you're to just, play by hey, the rules. Could you could you do this, please? 
Right. And like, especially in a model that has like an oblong base or a big base, like a demon prince or something like that, like those extra three inches or so can really make a giant <laughs> difference. Um, so uh, the next thing you want to do is pay attention to, to models with a high movement speed and then plan accordingly. Like flyers or mortarian. Right. So like, where can they get to? Can they assault you? And then for in your instance, like, uh, like try and take out an enemy's speed. Like so, pay attention to those models that move really fast and are a threat, so that you can kind of have the board control with impunity. Like that's what you want to have. Then nuke the bejesus out of them in round one. Absolutely, mm-hmm. if, if you can. So, um, and then your units that move fast, you want to try and keep safe. Like a lot of times, I'll play kind of up. Like I might push up my fast units really quickly to get like a first turn recon or something like that when I'm playing ITC missions. Yeah. And then I might move them back and then I can jump them forward again. Like, so I can kind of move them out of threat range and then move them back in. I especially like really cheap fast units so that I can do that kind of stuff. So my opponent usually is like, well, that's not much of a threat. I don't give a shit about that. But in reality, it's like, well, you probably should give a shit about that. Like, that's going to, that's going to win me the game. Really wish we had a voicemail where people could call in and give a timestamp of an episode where somebody said something absolutely insane that needed to be grabbed, such as, you know, I like to get a couple cheap, fast uh, things and, and just get them in there and get them out and get them in and get them out. <laughs> uh, and that's and that's that makes the game sexy, Dave. All right. No, Primaris make the game sexy. So the next phase, which I'm just going to kind of ad lib a little bit, I'm going to talk about the psychic phase. Yeah. So the psychic phase is a kind of a kind of a cool couple tricks here. So first of all, planning the the order in which you're going to do your powers is extremely important. And so, like, you want to try and fake your opponent out if you can. Like, like save your most valuable power until last. And if you're, or if you're really worried about that power, kind of save it to the middle and cast some inconsequential stuff first to see if you can get your opponent to bite if they're going to try and stop them with Deny the Witch. Um, but otherwise, you want to save that reroll for that good power. The one that's important, the one that's going to break your opponent's back or their killer unit or whatever else, like Doom or Jinx or... The jump. Uh, or the jump um, or, yeah, Smite. But yeah, there's a lot of head games that go on in that psychic phase because, like, you're right. I mean, a lot of your opponents are going to know, like, okay, he's going to go for the jump. So right. so I need to stop So I jump. need to stop the jump. But then if you're like, okay, first off, I'm going to do this. Like, right. oh, that's just as bad. And you're, you're trying to build up the threat level of the stuff you're doing uh, to, yeah. to help it. Like, I'm going to cast Warpath on my uh, uh, on my unit of 30 boys that's in assault range. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's an extra 30 attacks on that unit. That's going to be brutal. Um, or uh, the other thing that you want to do, too, is in the movement phase, measure and make sure that your psychers are outside of 24 inches of their psychers. Now... You can do this one of two ways. Either you can bully their psychers and give them the opportunity to dispel you, or you can stay just outside of 24 of them and still cast all your powers without with impunity. So that's something to think about as well. So this kind of goes back to the movement phase of kind of baiting out your enemy or kind of exactly. baiting your enemy's and position. measuring those threat ranges. Pre-measure, pre-measure, pre-measure. Um, so that's kind of it about the psychic phase. I think people are going to try and stop powers that do damage less. They're going to try and stop powers that buff your units more yeah. because mm-hmm. those are the ones that are really force multipliers, and that's going to be a larger benefit overall. Oh, yeah. So the next phase I want to talk about is the shooting phase. So the first thing you want to keep in mind in the shooting phase is what keep in mind those mission parameters. Like, what are your targets? So what are the things that are going to win your opponent the game? 
Or alternatively, what are going to win you the game if you remove them? Because you're getting either secondary points off of them, like it's uh, uh, like you're getting big game hunter points, or uh, big gun, in big guns never tire. You get bonus points for killing heavy support choices, that kind of stuff. So, what are you going to do to win the game? Like, what units do you have to remove that are the big, either the, the biggest threat to you or the biggest threat to you winning the mission? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> one of the things that uh, it, it since since I t- I said that I tend to play more towards the primary of most missions. And for the most part, that is... So in ITC, you have hold hold one objective and kill one unit. Yep. And then you have hold more or kill more than your opponent. Mm-hmm. So, and then the bonus point. And the bonus point. So you can score up to a total of five points just off of the primary per round that you play. Sure. Okay. So you have a potential of 30 total points in the game. Correct. So it, as far as shooting goes, you always want to make sure that you start shooting a target and finish it so that you get that all-important one victory point right there well, from killing a unit. Yeah, maybe. You, you, never, you, you never want to half-leave a unit unless that was your objective from the start. Like well, sometimes you do want to leave a half a unit because you're going to kill it in assault and you want to use it as like a uh, like a jumping point. Right, but if you're shooting a like unit leapfrogging that you're planning the on... Table. Exactly. I mean, you have to be... If you're planning on charging a, a unit uh, that you are going to light up first, you have to already know that you are well within charge range. Sure. Otherwise... You're just because a good opponent is going to peel off models from the front, making it a longer and longer and longer charge until it's like, whoop! Now you can't charge me. So I tend to shoot uni- uh, units that I have no intention of charging until it's a last resort. Okay. Um, so that way I can make sure I get my kill one, and hopefully kill more um, objectives. Do you play assault armies very often? No. Okay. That kind of makes sense from that perspective, then I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I usually bring one or two assault units, but nothing that, you know, I'm not, my, my usual goal isn't to get in your face and charge you Yeah, most of my arms. So, it's, so, it's, so to, it's to blow you away. My goal is, in the shooting phase, is to weaken your unit enough that I can charge it, wipe it out, and consolidate forward. So, in the game, instead of kind of, well, we'll move on to that later in the assault phase part. Mm-hmm. But kind of that's my goal for shooting. And I think it speaks to really like, what's your army built to do? How are you going to win? Like asking you that question, because there's different ways that you can approach the shooting phase. Dave, you play pretty static gun lines or like you play shooting, shooting heavy, shooting heavy armies. So you, you don't really have a lot of things that can take out a big thing in, in close combat. So you're not really worried about kind of whittling down or kind of getting out of there like okay i just need to shoot this to death right now yep that's and that that actually stems from how i like to play you know like my style of play is not to get up close and and be in combat with you i I prefer to shoot at you and make you work your way to me unless i unless i don't pre-measure in which case then you're there immediately or or you forget about uh repulsive wash yeah Wish you had more than that one sound effect. That's <laughs> really overplayed at this point. All right. Um, so let's talk about uh, uh, don't like wasting your firepower, right? So some units have multiple guns. So it's important, especially like a unit with a lot of models. You know, a unit with 10 models has 10 guns. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to kill one model, you may not need to shoot all 10 guns of that one model in order to kill it. So being really efficient with your firepower is another thing to, to keep in mind. However... It's okay to put extra firepower into something that needs to die. If it needs to die, then it's okay to waste shots on it. Like, for instance, you have there's one model left in a squad. You've got ten tactical marines, and he's got two command points. Sure, right? He could auto pass that. He's a dick, 
but like you don't want to yeah. shoot like two marines at that guy. No, no you want to shoot like you want to shoot like five marines. Or if you don't really have any good targets, like you might be able to do some damage to say like another guard squad or something like that. Dump all the tactical marine shots in there. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah. make sure that it dies so you get your point. That's super important. I think a lot of it comes from edition hangover where eighth is really the first edition where you're able to split fire in your squad between different units. So I think a lot of us are still having kind of that block of remembering that it's an actually a thing where you just shoot everything at one target, right? Where you have like a devastator or like if you took a las cannon with your tactical squad, you're like, cool, I'm going to fire one las cannon at this tank and these bolter guys are going to sit with their thumb up their ass for the rest of the shooting phase. Right. And now you don't have to do that, which is awesome. Yeah. Bring it down, brother. All right, so the next phase is probably the most tactical phase in the entire game. Yeah, and that's you the don't charge play phase. For it, and we could just skip this. <laughs> You're like, it's not important. No, it's move forward. Phase. Dave, it's so important. You have no idea. It's important to know about for at least the fact that you need to be able to combat what your opponent can do to you in the charge phase. If he can't get to me, he can't charge me, man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. a bad attitude. All right, so... Um, so this is probably, I think, the most tactical phase in the game, like is the charge phase. So when you make a charge move, only one of your models has to be within an inch of a unit that you charged. All of the rest of your models have to stay an inch away from unit, units you didn't charge, but they can move in whatever direction they want to. Serpentine. So you can spread out 30 models into like a huge area of the board. And even if you only contact with one or two, you can potentially get into somebody's lines and tie up their entire army, like fairly easily. Which is something I've done, which is hilarious to do. It's um, really good. Wasn't for the guy you were playing against. A, a oh. unit of thirty plague bearers, and again, I just like I charged his entire army, and I, I declared it that way. I'm like, I want to charge your entire army uh, with this one unit, and not every plague bearer got into contact, but every plague bearer. Well, uh, every unit of his army had one plague bearer in base to base or in within an inch. Right, right. And then I don't care what orders you want to throw out. I don't care what your plan is. There's not really much you can do. Like that's going to be almost an entire turn of wasted movement for them unless they have the fly keyword, in which case they can back out of combat, no mm-hmm. problem. So, and the other thing is, is you can stay an inch away from them and then consolidate into them. And yes, they'll get to swing against you, but if your unit is like has power armor or is a plague bearer like tough then it doesn't really matter especially if it's like a bunch of you know imperial guardsmen like punching you or whatever trying to bane at you it's probably not going to do that much damage Mm -hmm. to you something i've done with plague bearers is charging kind of a lone outpost uh kind of tau squad which is out with of the greater good range but i roll high enough that i get close enough that my plague bearers can then consolidate into other units so i don't have to eat that overwatch um, they don't get to fight back, but they're being slapped up by a fish man, so I'm not really worried about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's super, like the consolidation part is like one of the most important parts of that fight. Absolutely, and we'll touch on that during the fight phase too, because that is super important. Mm. Um, the other thing you want to do during this phase is remember what the, like if you have stratagems that affect you during this phase. So with the recent FAQ, it disallows... Uh, people from using stratagems that affect things as if it were the shooting phase. So like they can't use like if they have a thing that says during the shooting phase, if you use the stratagem, you can like reroll your misses or something Mm -hmm. like that. People won't be able to do that during the charge phase. However, there are a lot of stratagems like 
rotate ion shields on a knight that you can use when you're targeted by a shooting weapon. So if you're actually worried about taking damage going in, like somebody's got a Bane Blade that hits on like fours and Overwatch or something like that, which is something that you can do. Um, you can pop that strat so that you at least get a four up in vulnerable I did not mute stuff. you, Dave. You were too far away from the mic. Mm. <laughs> I heard him say oh. dick off mic and I look over and he just a very sad, confused puppy face that it I was, muted him. But. It wasn't any farther away than I am now. That's the thing is. <laughs> and so. Thank God th- that profanity filter is finally working. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so like for demons, for instance, you could use uh, warp flux or, or warp, warp surge. Sorry, that's what it is. Mm. To get plus one to your invulnerable save. So that, like, before you charge, like, a really nasty unit, like a Tau gun line or something mm-hmm. like that, you can go to a four-up invulnerable save. That being said, try not to charge Tau. Like, in general, unless you can avoid Overwatch, like, being from, like, charging through a wall or, uh, like, minimizing the Overwatch. Or you have a two-up invuln save. Sure, something like Even that. Even then, the sheer amount of dice that they're throwing oh at you God, is scary. Oh, my God, it's so brutal. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just, just be aware of that because that is a giant pain in the ass. Um. But and, I believe but they, once they they've greater good once. greater good once, then they're they're easy to charge. Then they again. can't then they can't Overwatch against anything else. That right. Phase. Yeah. So if you have like the sacrificial lamb unit that you want to throw in there um, to kind of eat some of the Overwatch, sure. Um, like I, I try to make like because I do a lot of assault armies, I try and make like a sacrificial lamb list, that, or or something that's there to eat Overwatch. Like for my Eldar, it was Wave Serpents. They were there to kind of like slide on in and, and eat up as much Overwatch as possible. That's fair. Um, and kind of having a plan. And it goes back to your list creation. Gonna, how are you going to win? What's your plan? Right, right. No, and that's a good point. That's a good idea. Um, and then you want to think about what you're charging and why you're charging it. Do you want to charge it to kill? Are you just trying to lock it up so it can't shoot you? Are you trying to lock it up so it can't sh- so So uh, are you trying to lock it up so that it can't shoot you the next turn? Are you just trying to lock it up so it can't move at all? Um, or that, or so that people can't shoot you. Like those are all different reasons on why you charge and how you position yourself for the charge. So like, if you want to kill something that you're charging, you want to surround it. You want to have as many models and base to base as you possibly can because so you can swamp it with attacks, right? If you want to charge something so that you don't get shot on the next turn, you want to get as few models within an inch as possible because you don't want to throw attacks and kill a model that you can potentially try point. And we'll go over try pointing during the combat phase because that's where that typically is going to happen. The other thing you want to do is if you're charging something to not shoot, it doesn't matter how many models you get into it. One is is sufficient. Um, If you want to try and lock it up so it can't move away, then you're also going to want to try point it. So you may want to throw some... you might want to throw some models around it, like a Dreadnought or something like that. For instance, this last weekend, or not last weekend, the weekend before... I managed to surround a Telamon Dreadnought so that it couldn't shoot me anymore, which was amazing because that thing fucking sucks and it would blow the <laughs> shit out of your army. So that's fair. Yep. Totally fair. Um, the last thing you want to remember during this phase is at the end of the charge phase, your opponent gets heroic intervention. This is such a huge movement um, for characters. You just want to be aware of it happening. So first of all, if you don't declare the character as a, as a target of your charge, you can't fight against them. Right. So I try and charge characters in le- like I try and charge any character within 12 just in case they decide to get froggy and they want to get into combat with me. And right. that often will prevent them from heroically intervening. I think another important thing about heroic intervention as well is if you don't declare any charges, you can still be heroically intervened against. Absolutely. So yeah, just be aware of that. Like if there's a if there's an enemy unit, an enemy character model within three, and keep in mind there's also weird heroic interventions, 
And there's, uh, uh, like, for instance, Harlequins can spend one CP and heroically intervene six inches. Mm-hmm. Um, Space Wolves can always heroically intervene mm-hmm. six inches, which is huge. Char- knights that get a relic become characters so they can heroically intervene. So if you fall back out of combat with a knight, make sure that you're, like, and it's a character, make sure that it's you're more than three inches away. Otherwise, uh, that's not even up here, Dave. You know, I didn't I just you outed you. Your, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody about you not drinking four loco when you said you were. Well, I'm, I never said I was drinking four loco. <laughs> it's a sham. It's ne- characters we play. It's never once. Never once. It's not the four real loco. Danny. It's not the this real. This is just a character I yeah. play on TV. Um, uh, and so there's some, yeah, there's definitely some weird interactions. The other thing you want to remember about heroic intervention, and this is from a you perspective or for your opponent's perspective. You can heroically intervene as long as there's not a model in base-to-base with that model. So, like, if you, if they get within range of your character, even within an inch, you can still heroically intervene as long as you end that three-inch movement closer to the closest model. So this allows you, like, a ton Wait, of movement. Hold on, hold on. Are, are you saying that I can, hero, uh, I can heroically intervene towards a character that isn't within range? To no, no. You're not heroically intervening with your unit. The character's heroically intervening. Right. So, like, for instance... No, no, what I'm saying is, is my my captain can heroically intervene as long as he's within X distance of his, right? Three, well, as long as you're within three inches of right. an enemy unit and you're not in base-to-base. Base. Because once you're in base-to-base, base, you can't move any closer. Right. So, if they put a guy within an inch of your shield captain... You can move around the edge to get in combat with like a character that's close to that unit or, and then you can also consolidate. So you could like move closer to that model, but move then closer to another model and then kind of leapfrog that with a consolidation and then a pile and move. So you can potentially like get like nine inches of movement or more depending on what your heroic intervention range is. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of like little tricky plays that you can use here and be extremely powerful. Um, as long as you know what to do during that phase. So just keep that in mind. Read the rules for heroic intervention very carefully um, because they probably don't Disregard them completely? Done. (laughs) Tave's army building skills. I'm glad you're trying to get better at this, In order to heroically intervene my ass, you've (laughs) got to get close enough to not get blown off the board first, bitch. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The best offense is a good tank fence. You fucking got me, dude. Well, I mean, I start nine inches away from you, so... (laughs) Still got to move those nine inches. Yeah, nine inches isn't based upon. And I'm going to need you to go front yeah. to front or back to back, John. Not not back to Never. back. Oh, I'll go front <laughs> to back with you. <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't you worry. Oh man. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> My front. You're Ta- back. Talking about stinging assaults. Yeah. <laughs> there is definitely some kind of assault going on there. I feel like. Mm. Um. So the assault phase, like the most important thing about the assault phase, I can't stress this enough, is consolidation and piling. You cannot forget these moves. These moves are incredibly tactical. This lets you move your models. So first of all, when you complete a charge move, don't ever, unless you really want to prevent them from moving around, don't put your models in base-to-base with theirs ever. Yeah, unless you're happy with what you know, you're going to end up with right off the bat. Right. So being able to move around in that consolidation distance is a huge part of what makes the assault phase so, such like an, 
I don't want to say it's like a dance kind of, but like it's such like a intricate like moving phase. It's really important to be accurate at, with that particular phase of the game, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you want to make sure um, that you, if you're trying to lock them up so that you can't, so you can't be shot if you don't think you're going to kill the unit, you want to try and try point their unit. And what that means is you want to have three of your models on one of theirs in a triangle pattern so that their base can't move past any of your bases. Right. And this isn't the whole squad you're talking about, right? It's just one unit or one, one model. One dude. One of their models. Yeah. Yes. So you want to separate one model from the, pa- from the herd and surround him so that they can't run away from you and you get to fight another round of combat or not get shot at. Sure. And one thing that you can do. Yeah, sure. Right. Or not get, sh- I mean, you don't want them to run away so you don't get shot at. Right. Um, and then you also want to finish them during their turn. Yeah, but if you because do, so if you do a move and you attack them, why? I mean, your opponent. If you try corner a uh, uh, tri quarter hat one dude or whatever it was you called it, uh, and and you attack me, then I'm just gonna pull that guy off. What is the last thing you do after you fight? Tri corner hat. What you consolidate <laughs> in. Yep. So first you do your pile and move where you can do that stuff, and then you can consolidate. So if you don't wipe out the entire unit, there's no way they can pull a guy. Even better is when you try not to kill a guy. So one thing that you can do is you, you try can, not to whack a guy. Yeah, sure. Try not to kill a guy. Yeah. That's what I said. Whack a guy. Yeah. Off a guy. I know, Dave, that that's a hard thing for whack you to understand. I mean, I, you complain that I use the shitty joke button too much, yet <laughs> here we are. At least it's not like the other week where Dave's jokes were just like flying over our heads because they were so bad. Sorry, the worst that? part is, is I, I have got the... so many messages from people who are like, dude, you were fucking on point. You were hilarious. Those guys were idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave, yeah. the accounts that you the messages that you send to yourself Still from counts. your various different accounts. Don't, don't worry count. though, the awkward silence button worked really well that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Dave, you might be able to remove that model if I kill a model. So what I might do is if I have, say, Gene Stealers, not attack with my Renning Claws and just attack with my close combat weapon that I have on the Gene Stealers because every model has a close combat weapon. So And I might only attack with one Gene Stealer. And then I'll, I'll pile in, I'll, I'll uh, consolidate three inches at the end, and that is usually enough movement making sure that I put all my models within three inches of that one model to get, to get you locked into combat without you being able to move. So there's a lot of tricks and stuff like that that you can use to make sure that you're able to lock a model in combat so that you can't be shot at or your assault troops can't be shot at. Now, it's really difficult with models with large bases to do this kind of stuff, like say your Kostanis jet bikes. And if, the, and if the enemy unit has fly, then it can fly right over you. So you want to pick your targets accordingly. Those kinds of units you just want to kill. I like to shoot flying units if I can. It tends to be a little bit harder to kill them, actually. Traditionally, larger models... Not larger base models and or flying models tend to be a little bit harder to kill than sure. your average. Ooh, I have a redemptor dreadnought that wants to argue that fact. I can argue, <laughs> can argue it all at once. It doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. It's can it's dead. Can't argue <laughs> anymore. Yeah, that's why you bring the Daredevil with, with the five up invuln. You're set. Oh God, stop it! That model is bad. I don't want to talk about that right now. All right, so. Um, like, obviously, again, like, I can't stress enough making sure that you are paying attention to those, to your consolidate move and your pylon move. Um, those are your pylon and your consolidate, sorry, rather. Those are, mo- those are moves that are extremely important, and they can get you up to six inches of movement uh, in the combat phase. So, potentially, you so, can... How, wait, how much is the pylon? Pylon is three inches, right? Three. So, guy Joe is the closest guy there. He's at one inch. 
or even base to base because he's just your first guy and everybody else is trailing off behind him in in combat. Well, no, you never put him in base to base. We talked about no, that. no. What I'm saying is, is so you you put the first guy in base to base, but then everybody else three inches you can loop around. But why you would you put the first guy in base to base? There's no reason to. I'm just saying you could. Well, I mean, I, you I'm, could. I, yes. So for st- because somebody bumped it with a water glass and now it's in base to base. So you got to work around that. So uh, let's go with that. So then you accuse your opponent of cheating and call the judge. <laughs> you won't see it unless until it gets replayed on Twitch later. <laughs> this is some high level plays we're discussing right here. What I'm, what I'm saying is, oh, is so, so you're, you're there, right? And you got everybody else arrayed out behind you. Those guys, you move in their three inches. You also can move. Uh, so you're moving the first guy three inches. Uh, no, you're to moving the, left. the guy no, who zero inches because he's in base to base contact. You can't move him at God, all. You just told me no. Okay, right? Okay, so well, let's no, say he's not in. Sorry, let's that's say he's not in base to base contact, Dave. All right, right let's make that yeah. supposition. Okay, so he's not in base to base. So you're you're wanting to move either wrap him to the left with a couple other guys and bring everybody else from the back around to the right to wrap him up or to just. So you want to. So what I would want to do is move him to the opposite side of the model, like around the model, and put him into base to base because you're going to have to do that in order to effectively try pointing. So in. that's that's not a. Now um, I guess I guess people who are setting their models up no because if you got your models two inches apart, so you got two inch unit coherence, so you don't have the room most of the time to move a, a model in there. Well, then don't put your your models in two not inch you, coherence. The defender, the defender is not. Him, oh. The defender's in two-inch coherence, so you don't, okay. you can't get around and try corner a guy. Why? Because you can be within an inch of the other guys. You're in close combat. Okay. Yep. There's nothing to prevent you from doing that. The only time you can't move within an inch of, a, of an enemy model is in the movement phase and the charge phase against a target you did not charge. Otherwise, you're able to consolidate and pile into models that you didn't declare a charge against. Okay. Or yeah. units, for sorry, not just models, because right. you're not charging model to model. Sorry, I was I was thinking about my game with John, where he charged and couldn't charge because he he couldn't go, but it's, he couldn't go between the space. His base was too big to go between the space. That's why he couldn't. Yeah, oh. yeah it was. Yeah. So okay. what you can do is you can declare both units as a charge and then charge through the other unit to get to the other side. But not if your not if your base doesn't fit. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, that, that's, I, that's I, was, why I was. That's why I was getting confused. I was too. Oh. That's why I was. I was, I was too girthy at the bottom. <laughs> things I couldn't fit in Dave's the small gap that he left John. me. I'll take things no one has ever said about John for five hundred, Alex. Well, jokes on you. No that, one called Alex is here. That twenty. That twenty-five millimeter girth that John has. <laughs> I'm at least hey. as big around as a penny. That's I'm, all I'm saying. I'm a swarm base right here. Oh, that's a 40 millimeter. That's thick. <laughs> I'm rocking a nice it's, 32 millimeter it's, face going it's, on. It's two millimeters deep. So <laughs> it's like a hockey it's puck. The, it's, it's the end of it's flat. We call puck. that the Peterson effect. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so to, all right. So now that we, I'm completely derailed by getting. Confused all right. So let's talk about directing attacks. Right. So like I kind of talked about earlier, you don't want to throw your I'm best attacks. My at assault phase, Mr. DeVille. So you don't want to throw your best attacks at a unit you don't want to kill. You want to throw your best attacks at a unit you do want to kill. And sometimes that's going to involve you throwing shitty attacks at a unit to not kill it so that you can kill it during your opponent's turn and be free to move and charge. So like your gene stealer squad very subtly retracting their claws and eh. (laughs) Look how weak we are. (laughs) We're not a threat. You should stay and fight us. Wow, these gene stealers are pussies. Yeah. Going to stay here forever. And then shink. Bring more people in, Johnson. Yeah. So the, something to think about. And then um, also 
like if you're going to direct attacks at a character or something like that too, like yeah. just be aware um, that characters are usually a lot harder to kill than a standard unit. Wow. I really feel like I've learned a lot today. Yeah. I feel like I've gotten good so far. Is yeah. there any more tips or tricks that we can go Do over? you know what I learned really quick about characters that I didn't know before? Yeah, That's okay. a, te- a technicality that you can pull or have pulled on you. If you hide your character out of sight. Like a pussy. To avoid snipers. Like a pussy. Anything that can see that character can target it. Regardless of what other units are. Because, or like the outline of sight. Because it says it's the closest visible character. You can't target it if it's a visible character. That's, that's not true. Is it? No, am I being fooled by the internets again? Yeah, no. The char- what have we so, told you about staying off the internet, John? So the, the, the targeting <laughs> rule in the general's hand or in the uh, uh, chapter, chapter approved, approved. Because they made some changes to that particular rule. Yeah. Because yeah, it used to be that you could put them out. They could be out there in plain sight, just like tap dancing along like fucking Fred Astaire, but there's a rhino behind a building. The way I read it, like like three nurglings hiding on the bottom level of a ruins in the the middle of the table. I read it if like if you have a character behind a wall that you're hiding, Uh if you're an asshole with like an impaler cannon or some weapon that ignores line of sight, you can target that character. No. No, no. Oh, thank it has Christ. to be the closest thank God you visible to get character. Today, no, it has to be the closest. And it has to be the closest unit to you. Okay, or you have to have a rule that lets you ignore that, like sniper, like snipers, or yeah, yeah. Else. Closest. It has to be the closest visible now, unit to you. Smite can do stuff like that. Smite is uh, juicy. It's uh, you can do some telekinesis. Weird, you can do some. That's, <laughs> thank you. Uh. <laughs> Boy, but kill you with some mind bullets. Hey, the uh, the secret the secret sauce the of the last phase, the unwritten phase, shall we say? Yeah, the uh, end of turn phase. Yeah, which so most people don't think is a, of anything. No, you know, but it's important for consolidation. So that, remember to write down all the points that yeah. you get during your turn. That's when me and Dave yeah. go. Fuck, that didn't go how we thought it would. <laughs> no, <laughs> nine times out of ten, it goes exactly how I thought it would. <laughs> Oh, that's, I'm I a still positive go, person. I, You're a negative I, person. I, I, I still, however, go, fuck, that went exactly as I thought it would. John is apparently an optimist. I, I am an optimist, it. yeah. Mm. No idea. We're going to have a bunch of invulnerable five up involved things, and sur- they're all going to survive. Man, that is so frustrating when that happens. Yes. So keep track of the score. And so when I say that, you, I'm, I mean, keep track of the overall game store score every single turn. And this is something that even I'm trying mm-hmm. to work on to make sure that I pay attention to that. Because I want to know the score every single turn. Like, how much am I in he- how much am I ahead? Uh, like, what's the differential? Like, am, what do I need to do to win? And I can kind of plan out my last turns so that I make sure that I win all the time. And see, I have been doing a bad, a poor job of this. Like, I would say this edition, I've gotten very lazy at it. Like Danny's favorite thing I hear from his tables, turn five. Uh, what's the score again? Where are we at? Yeah. <laughs> what have we got? Where have you got? Don't worry about it, pumpkin bridge. There's like five minutes left in the round. You're like, uh, what, what's my score? What, what do you score? And like you see the stress start to build up. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, that's something I need to work on. And like make sure that you give yourself all the points that you deserve every single turn. Because, oh, I do. Well, it's 100%. I deserve them all. Zero, yeah. So I give um, myself five gold stars. Yeah. Those don't translate into ITC. <laughs> I mean, ITC points you get none, but I got a gold but star I got for effort. Eighteen gold stars. So, oh man, I really want to take gold stars to the GT and just give them to people. Like, good, oh man, good wow. effort. Here's a gold star. <laughs> wow, that was that was really good play. Sorry, it didn't work out for you. Gold you, star. Here you go, buddy. Here's a here's a yes. rainbow sticker. Yes. Oh, get some scratch and sniff ones too. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're all going to get stickers now for um, Midnight Sun. Awesome. Ooh. For sportsmanship. Welcome to mom. Just for anti-sportsmanship? Because I think if we start giving out gold stars like dicks, then... Uh, uh, I think you'll find award. at a friendly team tournament, uh, my partner and I gave out people loss memes after we beat them. <laughs> I did get one of those. You did. I did uh, not. But I didn't play you guys. No, I had a spare and you deserve one. I did. Yeah. It's the only time I'm handing you a loss right now. <laughs> all right. So we're keeping track of our score and we give ourselves all the points we deserve. That's right. Which is all. Not the ones we earned, the ones we deserve. Right. Which we would have <laughs> earned if the dice rolled correctly. <laughs> Just need to not roll 17 consecutive ones. And oh, then, okay. And then the final thing that I wanted to go over is planning ahead. So this Meh. is, yeah, this is not something that I do really. I definitely much. do not. Like, I almost never plan ahead. I kind of am very reactionary. Uh, I occasionally will plan about one turn ahead, uh, like, based on, like, movement of my unit to, like, be where I need to be in order to do something really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I don't really do that stuff because I don't I don't necessarily think it's the most valuable use of brain power. So, so it's, I, I actually do yeah. try to plan ahead uh, m- uh, multiple moves out. Like, where where are my tanks going to be in two turns? Uh, how can I best maximize so that I can get uh, all of the primary points that I'm looking for? Because I damn sure know I'm not getting any secondaries because I definitely picked the wrong ones except for old school, which I've already scored max on after round one. Um, Impossible. Go yeah, on. Because I do it anyway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I'm actually... I deserve linebreaker. <laughs> I'm definitely getting linebreaker. <laughs> Um, but as I, I do actively plan like it during the, if, if the opponent goes first, um, you know, in the very first round, I'm not doing anything about it. But at the end of the first round, when I know their turn is coming up, mm-hmm. I'm planning all of my moves and how I'm going to do it for the next two, oh, two sure. turns. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I plan for the next turn. So what it, am I going to do this turn? It is something I do. I think I do it too much. Um, because what happens is I can make a pretty good plan and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And then invariably, because most of my games, I try and go second. Invariably, what happens is during my opponent's turn, um, the units that I was going to move and counter and and move around get shot off the table. And then I'm just like, well, shit. Okay. Um, And that's kind of where where I run into issues because I'm like, well, that was my plan. That was was the plan to do. Um, whereas I think, Danny, when you're playing a little fast and loose, you're like, oh, okay, it's my turn. And like kind of doing like a yeah. little ocular pad down at the table right there. I'm like, um, so what I think is, what do I need to do this turn to to score all of the points that I get? So like I'll look at, all right, so how many units do I have to kill to win kill more? How many units do I, or how many objectives do I have to I mean, take to get score it's more? one more than they killed, but that's pretty basic. It's math. X yeah. plus one. Thank, thank yeah. you. With X but being the number of units they killed. Right. God, but that's something that you need to keep track of. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and then, like, how do I score the secondaries that I can score this turn? Again, from an ITC perspective, if you're playing Maelstrom or something like that, but it's it's the same kind of idea. All right, so which Maelstrom cards can I score this turn? Right. Yeah. So... So, having heard Danny's seminar, John, um, what are two ways that you are going to try to actively uh, improve so that you can be as good as Danny is? Well, so you two can go two and four at uh, the <laughs> LVO. <laughs> oh, that's man, a, that was a, a really good joke. That good, was a solid yeah, that was, burn. Dude, that was a good burn. Dude. I like nice that. Work. No, yeah, yeah, it was just... Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's... It, it, How it, long were you sitting on there? Uh, since LVO. <laughs> Um, so as long as the dildo that he takes with him everywhere. <laughs> Something that I, I learned playing Aldar and was kind of reinforced here 
um, was movement is is 40k. Um, you can't win 40k without moving. Uh, and kind of the way you move and where you move and where you maximize your move is really where you have to go, and that's where you win the games. Um, because, yeah, like I said, the, the charge phase and the assault phase, those are extra movement phases. Yeah. So, yeah, I have, sure, my like plague bearers move five inches. Um, but when they advance, that's an extra six in, or up to six inches. And when yep. they charge, that's up to an extra 12 inches. Yep. And when they consolidate and pile in, that's an extra six inches again. So this little f- like five inch movement slow unit now has an effective threat range of like a max of like 30 inches. Potentially. Yeah. Which is like insane. And like it's it's planning to, to maximize everything. So I think I said in a past episode that I, I'm really starting to read individual unit rules now so i can maximize those units like because you're paying points for those rules so you got to maximize what they do for you and it's the same thing with movement in the game what can i do with my army that's going to maximize everyone's movement because 90 percent of the points danny puts down here is, is based on movement and, and controlling movement and it's where i'm most successful playing the game is not only am i controlling how i move but i'm controlling how my opponent moves so, like I said, I think that my big takeaway from this and kind of a reaffirmation is the importance of controlling movement and moving your, your stuff there. Yep, I agree. That's really important. Also, fuck Space Wolf heroic intervention. <laughs> but I didn't learn that today. Do, 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 do. What did um, you learn, Dave? What are three things you learned, asshole, giving me a number? Yeah, well, you only went with one, so... No, I said two. I said, fuck Space Wolf Heroic Intervention. Oh, that's okay. I didn't realize... Yours it. can be that simple. I was like, can I yeah. use that one, too? Fuck Space Wolf Intervention. There's one. There's one. Right. Four uh, more to go. Two, yeah. <laughs> you, only gotta, you gotta so, do five, Dave. Uh, I need to pay better attention to threat ranges. Things yeah. that things that'll help me be better is that. Um, understanding some of the more nuanced uh, stratagems and actively making an effort to use them in the game instead of trying to rely on just outplaying my opponent based off of my base units. Sure. Uh, that gives me, what, three? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's three. All right. Uh, I'd also like to go with uh, fuck Plague Bears. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. It's pretty fair. And then, you know... Um, Pencils uh, are not as good as pens as far as I did not learn that goes. today. So that's something you I, son of a bitch. John, I'll stay after class and write out on the blackboard. It'll be fine. In oh, pencil. Sh- <laughs> I'm going to make you listen. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to stick a pencil inside of you. I mean, wait, which way? Wait. Which mm. which orifice? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> sort of. In your butt. Yeah. No, no it's yeah. straight in the urethra. Sort of. Hey, um, so we're going we're to take a break. Uh, let us know what you think. Did we miss anything? Did we get everything perfect did 100%? We, did we hit it Did did, did we? did we just yeah. miss? Did we just miss? Let, it, let us know what you think. Did uh, we roll like Danny or did we roll like John? We're going to mean? We're going to be. Uh, well, you hit and John misses. That's oh. fair. That's fair. That's why I don't shoot. Uh, we're going to be back with an epic tale of uh, it's Apocalypse. Earl Hagen was a legend. In 1960, he whistled his way into Hollywood and into our hearts. Decades later, he made a comeback, lending those lustrous lips in the 1980s to such bands as the Scorpions, Guns N' Roses, and Pat Benatar. A half century after his humble beginnings, he's at it again. 
This time without cumbersome musical accompaniment, he'll have you wetting your whistle and whistling along. His new album, Earl Whistles Disney, is sure to be a hit with all generations. Order now and receive a bonus album, Earl Whistles More Shit, a collection of previously unreleased material of Earl's favorite songs through the years. On this bonus album, he demonstrates his newly mastered technique of inward whistling. Order yours today on compact disc or double-length cassette. Also available at fine retailers such as Walgreens, CVS, and participating Sam Goody stores. Earl Whistles Disney. Buy it today. Welcome back to Mob Rules. Uh, we're oh. currently, I missed an argument, which I should have recorded, uh, where Danny was, and Dave were arguing about the pronunciation of a kind of monkey that throws poo. Well, to be fair, most a lot of monkeys throw poo. Well, I'm going to misspell it. Google's so, not going to understand it. Dave said it was the capsation monkey, which oh. is the stuff that makes uh, chili peppers hot, which made me no, laugh. casino monkey right there. That's uh, what, according to Google, it says. Casino monkey. Dave... Uh, it's Capuchin monkey, it's, but it's not. It's not Capuchin monkey. That's not how it's said. <laughs> okay, two monkeys were paid unequally, except for. Uh, oh wait, that's a good article. Okay. Anyway, Dave, let's go. I don't so, want to talk about your fucking casino monkey anymore. You know, the bullshit. Fucking racist. You're always bet on black. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Let me. Let me just. It. I wish here. I hadn't said that. We're, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're, good we're gonna, one. Way Dave. to call me racist right before I call for that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna turn on my phone Bluetooth here real quick. Make sure. Uh... Capuchin. Capuchin. Cap your chin. Capuchin. That's, that's how you pronounce what it. What I just fucking said. Nope. It's wrong. Uh, yeah. You uh, fucking find me uh, maybe Wild Kingdom, where the guy's saying. Capuchin. Yeah. This is. Yeah. Di- this that's is what I meant. Dictionary. Okay. This is dictionary.com. We're going to get flagged now for from well, YouTube. Only because you for, said it was dictionary.com. Um, for, for that there. But yeah, Capuchin. Okay. Okay, cool. Argument anyway, over. Moving on. <laughs> Apocalypse. Hey, we got what? some exciting news. Hell yeah. Yeah, so we're getting a copy of Apocalypse. Um, the embargo is lifted right now on it, so we can talk yeah. about this awesome game that we're not going to get until after the embargo lifts. That's not true. <laughs> Go Alaska. It'll show up tomorrow. You know that. Yeah, it's going to show up here pretty soon. Um, but we're all super hyped for, for Apocalypse. Um, before, like, literally, I think we saw the title Apocalypse. And what? and we saw the title Apocalypse and we were incredibly hyped. We didn't care about rules. We didn't care about dude, yeah, anything. And then like and we then saw just, stuff. And they were like, "Oh, you can play it in the evening." We're like, "Oh, that's a pretty cool feature." And like, it's much better than the last time I watched dude, you guys play Apocalypse. So first of all, I love Epic Armageddon. That's like one of my favorite wow. games of all time. And it seems like they've taken rules from Epic and made Apocalypse into like twenty eight millimeter yep. Epic. And so I am so fucking pumped. Yes. I would have been, if they'd have brought out movement trays, which were tiny little black squares. Well, like, <laughs> like not tiny, but you know what I mean? If they were the, the black squares. Of, just like they the five, rectangles. Yeah, the rectangles. Or the that square was the with the five guys. Dude, with yeah, the, with the cross. I would have been yeah. like, oh, I'm so hyped right now. Why didn't they do that? Oh, oh my gosh. That would have been amazing. I mean, it was completely despite, impractical. Despite but, Dave. 
That would be so cool. <laughs> you would have seen me running around, just running down the street half naked, just like excited from like, oh, must have been the tiny bo- Typical Saturday. Typical Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> well, Saturday the walk of shame. Sunday. It's like walk of shame home. Um, <laughs> so we call that four loco of shame home. But no, ev- everything we're seeing about this makes it look like it's just the epic rule set in 28 millimeter. Yeah. Um, and that is completely okay. Like, we're like, oh, yeah, look. Oh, like, I remember us coming to to two about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the blast markers, number of blast markers you have in your unit affects your morale. I'm like, yep. We're like, huh. Like, oh, it's going to be alternating activations. And we're like, are are you guys releasing Epic? (laughs) Because it sort of sounds like you're releasing Epic. I mean, I know I said in the community survey I wanted you to release Epic. Selfishly, I didn't want to need an 80-foot table to play it. Well, you won't. I don't think you will. <laughs> but like I said, it's 65 at most. <laughs> it's it's a lot coming out. It's going to be the biggest so, 40K release for a while. It's going to have a huge range of things coming up for it. Dave. You, you got to take into consideration is that it, they can't release Epic. Because at this point, there have been so many new models, they would have to redo and re-downsize. They've already proven that when they, they did the Adeptus Titanicus stuff, that it took a long time to make because... They weren't. They didn't like the smaller size. The Titans were originally about uh, three quarters of the size that they ended up with. Sure. So it didn't work when they first released it and showed it to people. They were like, well, you can't do any detail with this. So they had to make it bigger. So they did the same thing with Epic. They didn't want to have to spend the time and research budget to be able to make more Primaris, only to have the community be like, oh, look, there's another Primaris Lieutenant. Stop releasing Primaris Lieutenants. Sure, he's only <laughs> two millimeters tall, and uh, you know that's Dave, one millimeter taller than John's wiener, but he's, still. <laughs> he's Primaris, wow. so he would actually be three millimeters tall. Well, yeah. I like how the Warhammer community is Three's commenting scale. the size of your dick, John. I know. I see that <laughs> one millimeter. Dude, yeah. I must come like, like a 40. fucking shotgun <laughs> Because that's the only way I have children. There's no rifling. It's just all blast. <laughs> the splatter pattern. Splatter have you ever bus. seen when you turn the sprinkler on and it's like just like the mist spray? I they just call have, it John the Mister. Yeah. You can tell I finished when you're like. <laughs> all right. Gross. So but epic. Got, yeah. Thank you for the review copy. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll have some content up later <coughs> oh, today man. where we get to talk more in depth about it, and for you know, because as of right now, we've all we've seen all the same stuff you guys have. So, yeah, you know, but and it's soon. just hype trains. Oh man, I am super yeah. fucking pumped. We're, so what I'm excited about is seeing all what the faction rules are because they've been previewing something every day, right? Right. Um, but I'm not going to get a Necron f- like preview ever of my faction rule. Fuck you. Maybe you'll until get an like the overlord. Friday before. <laughs> The f- before the actual release, that's when they're slated to show the Necron. Period. Oh, really? When are they showing Sisters? <sighs> Never. Yeah, quit your whining. At least you're getting a preview day. December. Well, I'm a main codex. Sisters are <laughs> new. I don't give a I mean, shit about Sisters. Kind of. With Necrons, they do have the smallest model. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said good codex. My bad. I apologize. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, we're, we're super hyped. We're going to do some coverage of it there. I know um, within our gaming group, uh, there is a lot of people super interested in playing um, Epic. So yeah, so once it releases, like, and we can kind of share the details of it, we're going to try and pull together something. We're going to pull together something. I know within our so, community, we have Warlords and Phantoms and Warhounds. I'm calling DeVoe. He can't even use this stuff. He's stuck out in Glen Allen or something Ooh. like that. Rough. I'm just going to show up at his house and tell his wife I need to take that stuff. He's like, She'll let me, too. That's he, the thing. She'll be like, yeah, don't bring it back. You can have it. He's like riding a moose out there or something <laughs> like that. Policing people. Dude, 
That sounds like a great fucking job. For a Canadian, maybe. Yeah, I'm half Canadian. Is that what you're... How are you laughing? Yeah. It's not a... <laughs> but yeah, we're super happy. We're gonna get some. We're gonna film some stuff playing. Um, yeah, we won't. We won't get to film any games beforehand. No, no, but there will be some coming because there's too many people too hyped, and there's too much disposable I, income oh. in Alaska to not pull out every Lord of War I, I wish in our collection. Some way there wasn't a tournament this weekend, so that Saturday we could just set up and do like a, an apocalypse streaming game. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be Somebody's cool. Somebody's gotta go bring his neck rounds to a tournament. I also, I gotta, I gotta go work. Yeah, some some people have to work. Some people have to work for a living. Sadly. I'll also be working. Yeah. But yeah, I so won't. there'll be stuff coming. Daddy's going to apparently wow. stream a solo game of <laughs> like APOC. You, you're saying that winning a tournament on RTT at tier one is not work for you? No. Fucking no. Yeah. old faced. Hey, when you do never, something, never fucking has been, dude. When you do something oh. you love, you never work a <laughs> day in your life. Mic drop. Um, right, there you go. Yeah, That's we're, true, we're excited to share that. Um, let us know what kind of units you want to see play. Um, what you want to see? I'm excited to see a um, hair duel. I'm excited to see how that does. I'm we, having the pylon commission. I have a pylon coming in. Hells, yeah! I want to I see mean, kind of like a wing of wraith knights of a Forge World object painting. You just you're gonna order it from Forge World? No, I'm having somebody paint it for me. Yes, paint it. got it. Okay. Yeah, and so there's like lots of stuff that we're excited to do, and it looks like it's going to be well supported. Um, pretty much every faction that matters, At least sisters for the first of battle. Four months. Yeah, it will. It, it's super cool. We're we're very very excited about it, and we'll bring more content coming soon. TM. Yep. The 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 end. Do you like cookies, but want something more British? Buy biscuits, not like those you have for gravy. British biscuits for dunking in your British tea. Stiff upper lip guaranteed. Biscuits, as recommended by Queen Liz of the Britons. It's the other day, too. Oh, and we're back. Oh, hey. hey. I keep forgetting how short that advert is, and we I always to, save it for last. We, we need, need to, to do more. Yeah, yeah, thanks, more Gav, to record another yeah one. seriously. Yeah. We need to get Gav to yeah. do another one. We need to get yeah. anyone to do another one. Anybody who listens can uh, get us in touch with Gab Thorpe again. Yeah. In fact, anyone who listens who wants to, to record an advert for us, send it to us, and we'll play them. Oh, oh yeah. Hell yes. Hell hey, does, yeah. Your, does your local game store want to just for free <sighs> advertisement on, a, yeah. on the... 63rd best 40k podcast <laughs> record it and send it to hey us. man we're like at least top 25 <laughs> all i know is that when we google the podcast we're on the first page of google yes we are and I mean, that's that's that's, that's all that matters results of the first page and also so good. search you, analytics wait, yeah wait wait are we googling mob rules because i would hope or we'd for be the first either one <laughs> so if you google mob rules are really good um australian metal death band comes up no no it's swedish or swedish yeah. metal death band comes up um if you uh google mob rules podcast uh we come up pretty quick so yeah hell yeah still not number one though the swedish Take. death metal band is above us because they also they're very good man their um, facebook posts crack me up though when people tag them in it it's <laughs> us instead because yeah we we grabbed the mob rules name um before they did so we keep on being tagged in swedish death metal and um, posts which Ma- is amazing which is amazing i mob rules in the pod it was well, just like hey, hey. wow what one the that's fuck German. was that yeah seriously and, and for two i found at least two really good bands from being mistagged Dude, oh, yeah? Yeah. Dude I, have, I have two actually. Yeah. So, so please continue to mistag us and stuff that you think we're going to find interesting. About bands. About bands. 
Um, and just to close this off on something hilarious and awful. You can tag us in anything, especially da- tag Dave on his personal account. Ah, damn it. To, to, <laughs> I, I will be staying up very late tonight, picking up my wife from the airport who's traveling with our infant son right now. And yeah. just to kind of give you an idea of how her day is going, I just got a text message that she had to go. She's in SeaTac, Seattle Airport. So she had to take a, a, a like a tram to go to a different terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, the terminal she got to, the elevator was broken. Oh no! Um, with so she has a small child in her baggage. Uh, there, there's only one TSA agent there whose walkie had no battery, so she had to exit the airport completely, go back through security to go a different way to get to her terminal. Oh, oh you're a dick for not going with her, making me do that by herself. Oh no, I'm good. Yeah, I I don't want to go to Texas in June. That you, sounds you, awful. That is pretty hot. Yeah, it's pretty. It's hotter than me. Almost custodes gold hot down there in Texas. Oof. But anyway, for Mob Rules, I've been John. I've been Danny. And I've been Dave. <laughs>